Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. It is, what time is it? 7.07 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January 16, 2021. Thanks for tuning in this morning as we get your Saturday morning rolling. Again, I'm Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. At Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, what's happening in the world, all the things that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about limited government and constitutional government and personal liberty and freedom because all those things uh, are what makes us tick as a nation. That means more freedom for you and me, all of us who are we the people. We've got a country to save, folks, and guess what? We say that every morning on Saturday Morning Coffee, and I hope everybody understands that now more than ever that is true. We do have a country uh, for the moment to save and it starts uh, right here on the local level, saving it, that is. We invite you to settle in with a cup of your favorite coffee, as I said, and join us as we get uh, your Saturday morning going. Joined here in the studio this morning, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Hey, Dye, how are you? I'm doing great. Reese, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Ladies and gentlemen, that is always the sound smooth. of the, the mellifluous, <laughs> smooth voice of Dr. Dye. And uh, what are we drinking this morning? African coffee from Reese Boy. African coffee this morning. Is it <laughs> nice and bold? Yes, it is bold. That's all I ordered from the gift that you gave me was bold coffee. Does, uh, does Carol like it? Yes, very right. much. Very good. You know, I've subscribed uh, to the same service. We haven't gotten our, our favorite, our, our, our first shipment yet, but I just uh, I got my got my redemption code, and I'm, uh, I'm getting uh, a batch myself. I'm drinking the old standby Dunkin' Donuts this morning. Running a little late, obviously, as you saw. Well, America is running on Dunkin'. Yeah, R- running, running, literally running on Dunkin'. You know, Dunkin'. Qu- quite honestly, that might be a good logo for our country right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> coming in, coming in hot this morning. I'm coming in hot. I think we may have set a new record, but uh, yeah, running on Dunkin' uh, this morning. So, uh, folks, uh, that is what we're drinking. What are you drinking uh, this morning? We'd love to know. We'd love to hear about your favorite coffee. Uh, if you got a good uh, coffee that you've brewed this morning, you want to share uh, your uh, breakfast uh, moment, your coffee secrets with us. What's the great coffee you found this week? I think we could all use a bit of good news uh, right now. But we do invite you to join the show. Call in on the uh, call-in line if you like. 843-903-2945 is the number. You can also join us on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. For those of you who are struggling to make that translation, that's 843-798-8255. You can tweet me, technically. Uh, I haven't totally shut down Twitter. The show still has a Twitter handle. At Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. 
And I'm not sure what our parlor status is, but we're on parlor also at Reese Boyd 3. You can email your comments uh, to the show. That that uh, email address is SMC at gmail.com. And many of you have um, uh, called, many of you call the office from time to time, don't like to talk on Saturday mornings, but you love to talk during the week. We love to hear from you during the week. You can reach me anytime, usually, uh, unless I'm in court or something, at the offices of Davis and Boyd. And of course, that number is 843-839-9800. Again, that's 843-839-9800. But if you want to share your thoughts this morning, we'd love to hear from you. How have you uh, handled the week? How are you holding up? It's been a very tough week. I was on the Liz show yesterday. It was... uh, a lot of folks texting in, a lot of folks very concerned about where we are, a lot of folks angry, and uh, with good reason, Absolutely, I would, I would say. So it's uh, we're in a very uh, tough time. January 6th was a very difficult day, a, a very dark day. And I would say in the history of the nations, it's one of those days that will rank uh, right up there with December 7, 41, or 9-11. And I don't think we're overstating it when we say that. It's just a tough, tough time that we're in. January 6th was just awful, and uh, we all feel a little bit, uh, you know, we all feel a little bit worn at this moment, I think. I could I could definitely sense Friday on the show, uh, Glenn, that people are just kind of worn, and mm-hmm. that we're just, we're just tired of the, tired of the struggle. And, and I would think that it's okay to say that because it's not supposed to be this way. It's no, not, it's this not is America. This way. But uh, America, I was thinking about it this morning. This is one of the darkest times in history that I have lived through, that you've lived through, mm-hmm. Glenn. I think that any of us alive probably have lived through. But it is also still the best place on earth to be. Is there any country, I mean, let's set aside Tahiti for the moment. That, that would be tempting. New Zealand. Yeah. But you're not going to go there and... Yeah. But is there any country, and I, and I jest when I say Tahiti, I don't really want to move to Tahiti. I, I was joking with my wife last night about moving to Tahiti, but we were, we were joking. But, I said Thailand yeah, last yeah. night, actually. But is there really, honestly, is there any, is there, we're in the midst of a very tough, tough struggle, but we will get through it. As we say on the show all the time, freedom is a stubborn thing. Democracy is a stubborn thing. We're going to get through this. Um, we've got some tough months ahead of us. We've got a tough week ahead of us, but it hopefully isn't going to be as bad as the week we just went through and we will get through this. And still in light of all the, in, in spite of all that we are going through folks, still, there is no better country on the face of the earth than the United States of America. That it's been that way for the last 250 some years or 30 some years. However, I've lost track, but exactly uh, what was true um, 200 years ago is still true today. This is still the last best hope for freedom on the planet. And, and it's true today. It was true a month ago. It was true a year ago. And it'll be true tomorrow and the day after that if we do our part to keep the country free. And it's up to us. And so we've got to get to work and uh, do what we can to keep the country free. We've said that many times this week. And by the way, it's not just about, um, you know, it's not just about putting a bumper sticker on your car. It's not about putting, and I don't uh, demean any of this. There's nothing wrong with putting a bumper sticker on your car, but it's not about putting a sticker on your car. It's not about flying a flag. All those things are great. It's not about putting a flag on your boat and going to a parade. What we have to do now, 
all those things are wonderful, and, they sh- and, and whenever we get a chance to do those things, we should. But what we have to do now is roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is, uh, this is about interacting with your neighbors on a personal one-to-one level. I'm backing away from social media a little bit. Um, I think for now it's better just to lay low and let the uh, current uh, storm blow over a little bit. And, and fighting with folks on social media has not accomplished a great deal, I would argue. <laughs> Your post on Facebook has changed my political opinion. Yeah. Said no one ever. Said no one ever. I mean, honestly, it, it it's like... We don't need to read your brain. We don't need to read your mind. We don't yeah. need to hear your political views. Let's keep it all friendly. Yeah. You know, I like I like entertainment. I like funny stuff yeah. on on uh, Facebook. And so I've taken a step back from social media, and I would I would think everybody should take a step back. Take a step back from a lot of things. Take a step back from some of the rhetoric. But we it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. You've got to interact with your neighbors. Uh, make sure the people who think like you and appreciate liberty and freedom are aware of the world around them, what's going on politically. And we've got to roll up our sleeves and get to work. You've got to organize your neighborhood, organize your precinct, and let's start making sure that we don't lose this country. So, uh, folks, we've got a lot to talk about today, a lot to unpack. We've got plenty of guests coming up. We've got a good show for you. Hope you'll stick with us. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. He's rising sun. is a long, long way from home, yeah. Milo is a name you won't forget. Milo, I haven't met yet. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Medical studies demonstrate that pharmaceutical-grade CBD can promote better sleep, reduce inflammation and pain, lower stress, relieve anxiety, improve heart health, and support weight loss. Did you know that over 70% of the CBD products on the market today are either mislabeled or misrepresented? Cherry Grove Drug is your trusted source for CBD products. Visit with Jenna and her team at Cherry Grove Drug and visit online at cherrygrovedrug.com. It's your town. Let Cherry Grove Drug be your pharmacy. Hey, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson. Greg is the principal at the Greg Sisson Team Remax First Choice Real Estate. How long have you been in the real estate business? I started in real estate full-time in 1997. and Our company is, is really structured where we can serve the client at a high level. So we've really streamlined it to make it simple and easy for our clients. Our market is red hot kind of the perfect storm for home sellers right now in the Grand Strand. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. And then our website is gregsisson.com. Check us out there as well. If you are a seller today and you're thinking about it, it, it would make sense to give me a call. Remax First Choice, the Greg Sisson team, real estate experts here in Myrtle Beach, ready to help you with your real estate needs. Do you trust your computer guy or your computer company? Do you feel they really know what they're doing? Hi, I'm Ryan Foltz, owner of PCRX Computer Sales and Service, locally owned and located in Conway. A business owner called his guy when his printers wouldn't print. The guy came out, got the printer working, However, took their entire network down in the process. Their guy said, that's the best I can do and left and still built them. Upset, the business owner gave me a call. Luckily, we were able to correct the problem very quickly. Bottom line is, you need to trust your computer and network professional. 
At PCRX Computers, we strive to be your trusted computer and network partner. We conduct a detailed audit of your network, computers, and software, and create a detailed plan. For a limited time only, at no charge. Schedule your appointment today at PCRXcomputers.com. That's PCRXcomputers.com. I'm Ryan Foltz of PCRX, where we have the right prescription for your computers and your network. Arbor Lending at Surfside is now open. It pairs access to exceptional senior care services with the very best of Southern hospitality to create a world-class senior living experience in the heart of Surfside Beach, right on Dick Pond Road in Myrtle Beach. At Arbor Landing at Surfside, they use technology to create a simpler, healthier, and happier experience for the seniors who call Arbor Landing home. Find them online at richcare.com or call for a tour, 843-492-7387. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Milo is your best friend. He's your second cousin. All roads lead to. He's the rising sun. Milo is a long, long way from home yet. Milo is a name you won't forget. Milo, I haven't met yet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host, and it is 7.20 on your Saturday morning. It is Saturday, January 16, 2021. Little Matt, the electrician, on your Saturday morning. Get your Saturday morning going. Um Hope uh, everybody's doing uh, great this morning. Again, it's been a tough week, but we're, uh, I, I think, uh, hopefully, things will settle into a little bit of a rhythm here. Uh, we're putting January 6th behind us, and we're moving forward as we have to do. Uh, you can't give up. You have to keep the faith and continue to uh, press ahead, folks. And above all, don't get discouraged. As I've said many times, uh, we live in a dark world. It's a broken world. It's a sinful world. And ultimately, our hope is not in earthly things. We have an ultimate and eternal hope in Christ. And so you don't have to get but so upset about what is happening in the world around you. Because ultimately, our hope is not in this world. Ultimately, uh, our hope is in Christ. That's uh, at least that's the way I look at it. And uh, so but there is a lot going on that challenges our faith, uh, challenges, struggles, our causes us to struggle with hope. And uh, and. You know, there's just many things to be upset about. And I continue to have interactions with folks, um, you know, which you, you're, you're trying to encourage folks, but also you want to uh, help folks understand the world that's going on around us, things that are happening. And uh, so you have to find a balance. But I, I thought there was a few things that I have been thinking about more and more since the election, uh, more and more since January the 6th. And uh, I want to share those with you. Uh, just briefly kind of reflect on some of the things that have happened in this week. One of the things that I would say that this, this election cycle, November, 2020, um, one of the truths that I would say to you is that we, we are now in a predicament where we can't rely on the results of, of an election until we make some adjustments to the way we have conducted uh, or we conduct our elections. We made adjustments in 2020, uh, some of those some of those adjustments were, as a legal matter, questionable. You've heard that discussed as the math the method by which certain states implemented changes in their election procedures. 
a lot of discussion in, in places like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Uh, a lot of the basis for the, the president's objections to the November election were the manner in which some of those elections were handled. Uh, the extension of the balloting period. We didn't have an election day. We basically had an election month, uh, even longer in, in certain places. And so we have to really take a step back. Uh, I'm going to say that a bunch. We, we've, we've gotten out over our skis in a lot of areas, and certainly in elections, we did that. And the whole COVID pandemic was used as a sort of excuse, if you will, in my opinion, to... Uh, to make these changes and and make these amendments to our election procedures. And, and what we had is what many people thought we would have. As I've said on the show, as we've talked about on the station uh, many times, the president uh, warned folks throughout the year that the November election was going to be a mess. And nobody made any changes and nobody did anything different. And, and the election that we got was the election that many of us, including the president, predicted. But now we've moved into a phase where election integrity is the number one issue on, on, on the docket. I mean, there are other things that we're assuming uh, won't totally uh, snowball on us. Uh, we're, our, our freedoms are under assault as a result of what has happened because of what happened on January 6th. We're seeing a massive uh, crackdown, uh, unparalleled uh, censorship. Uh, from big tech. And uh, so, you know, that may become more important than the election because if we don't fix that problem, we may, not, we may not make it to the next election. But for the moment, assuming things don't totally go sideways on us, uh, I'm now a one-issue person. I mean, I'm not a one-issue person, but the priority issue is getting this election mess fixed. And I and as I said many times, um, we... we can't continue. We can't conduct any more elections like we did in November. Um, you know, we've got to, There's some questions we have to answer. Uh, and it relate as it relates to electronic voting machines. Are the machines connected to the internet? Are they? Can they be hacked? Were they hacked? Um, and and if they were not hacked, or if they were hacked, how can we prevent that from ever happening again? And I think we need to have paper ballots. Process The process of voting was once done on paper. In a lot of countries, they still do it on paper because guess what? Ultimately, the, the, the one thing that you can't electronically hack is a physical paper ballot that has some sort of biometric um, identifier on it. If you have a ballot, you know, in some countries, you have to put your fingerprint on the ballot. I don't know that that's what we want to do because one of the, one of the things that we hold dear in this country is the, is the secrecy of your vote. So we have to be careful about how we implement uh, those protections, but we have to make sure that the election that we have, the next election, is is not the mess that November 2020 was. And so the question becomes, can we do that? And how do we do that? Personally, I think we need a national commission to look at the election. Senator Tim Scott has, has uh, introduced a bill that would provide for a national commission to look at the election and what happened, just like we did in 9-11. After 9-11, there was a national commission. They produced a lengthy report that gave a step-by-step chronology of everything that happened in the, 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 the months and days leading up to 9-11. And when you got to 9-11, it was almost a minute-by-minute chronology of everything that happened on September 11. And it read like a, a novel. I mean, it literally, it was like a, it, 
it, it was almost like a small phone book. And, uh, you know, somebody, I was talking with somebody not too long ago, and they said, what about uh, this conspiracy or that conspiracy? And they mentioned 9-11. And I said, you think 9-11 was a conspiracy? And he said, yeah. And I said, uh, you think the government blew up the World Trade Center? Do you, do you, you ever heard that? <laughs> yes, I have heard that stupidity. Yeah. Well, and I said, and I asked him, I said, have you, have you read the, uh, the report of the 9-11 Commission? And I said, I've read it cover to cover. It's about four inches thick. Once upon a time, you could read it at Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. And, or you could buy it at Barnes & Noble. And I said, if you read that book from cover to cover, I think you'll be confident that they left no stone unturned. Unturned, right. And, and it was not an inside job. And, you know, one of the things I would say is we have to study the election of November 2020 with the same level of intensity, just like we had a commission um, after the, the Kennedy assassination. I know a lot of people question that, whether it was a legitimate. That was before my time. People love conspiracy. That's they, why, they, that's they, why they, the Inquirer got so popular and yeah, the Globe yeah, and all that absolutely. supermarket crap magazines. You know? But, you know, after the uh, I think after the Hindenburg a disaster. There mm-hmm. was a there was a pre, there was a national commission that looked at that accident after the Titanic sank. I think there was a commission that looked at that, and so we've there's a lot of precedent for doing this. And I think that we, we have to we and these these proceedings have to be public. Uh, they have to be conducted in the open, and and the result has to be published in the form of something that you and I can digest and and that we can commit to history because everybody needs to learn from this. We need to prevent the things that happened in November 2020 from ever happening again. I think you need to have a paper ballot. First of all, when you if you go to the if you want to vote, if you don't have a good reason, you need to go to the polling place. And and when you go to the polling place, if you if you can go to the grocery store during a pandemic, then you can go to the polls. And amen. Absolutely. And people are going to the grocery store. And so you need to vote in person. You need to present a photo ID. If you can present a photo ID at the grocery store to buy a beer, then you ought to be willing to present a photo ID at the poll to vote. Which is more important? Which Which is more sacrosanct? And so we need to vote in person. We need to use paper. If you want to scan that ballot and then use computers to count those ballots in some way, that may be a necessity. But it may be impossible to count every ballot by hand. I don't know. Those are questions we'll have to answer. But we've got to study this, and we've got to do everything we can do to make sure that November 2020 never happens again. Because we can't stand for any more of those kinds of elections. And all of this is on the states. Yeah. This, oh, is, yeah. Not a, this is not going to be a federal problem. This is all on the states. Yeah. So we've got a few of you checking in on the uh, PCRXcomputers.com text line. A lot of you are interested, and I appreciate that. James checking in from Myrtle Beach. Johnny checking in. Tim, the car detail guy, checking in. Guys, thanks for listening. A lot to talk about today. Much more election stuff to recap and, uh, and contemplate. And we'll get to it right after these words from our sponsors. So stick with us. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Who'd have thought a thorough cleaning would be so scientific and detailed in 2020? Well, we would. 
Hi everyone, it's Karina with the Cleanup Club. We don't just clean, we clean thoroughly and completely. We clean homes, offices, businesses. The Cleanup Club can clean once a week, once a month, or whatever makes sense for you. Sanitized, disinfected, that's what we do all the time. Cleaning is our business. Give us a call at 843-593-2158 or go online at thecleanupclub.com. After a full day of boating fun on the water, it's easy to remember why it's called the great outdoors. Life really is better on a boat. Hello everyone, this is Karen Berry over at the Freedom Boat Club bringing you your weekend marine report. Here at the Freedom Boat Club located in North Myrtle Beach at the Harborgate Marina, we'll have our low tide at 522 this afternoon and the next high tide will be at 1055 p.m. The sun will set at 5.30 and rise in the morning at 7.19. Currently along our beaches from Little River Inlet down to Merle's Inlet and 20 nautical miles out, the winds have switched over to the west at about 15 to 20 knots, and we've got seas at 3 to 5 feet. This has been your Weekend Marine Report, brought to you by the Freedom Boat Club, where the boat is waiting. It's a new year. Hopefully you've made your resolution to retire right. Don't you wish you had a crystal ball to see what 2021 will mean for your nest egg? What will the market do this year? Will the new president affect the markets? And what about the pandemic? Well, if you don't have a crystal ball, don't worry. You've got Patrick Monroe of North Star Financial Advisors. Join Patrick at his next free dinner event at Chestnut Hill Restaurant, where he'll answer those questions and more, like how not to outlive your income, how to prevent health care events from impacting you financially, how to keep a steady income flowing, how to create a financial plan you can be confident in, and so much more. So if you're retired or you're thinking about it in the next five years, join Patrick Monroe at Chestnut Hill Restaurant, Highway 17 North in Restaurant Row on Thursday, January 21st. Call today because seating is limited. Call 888-701-2083. That's 888-701-2083. Or go online to northstarnavigator.com, northstarnavigator.com. Avoid the January financial blues and retire right with Northstar Financial Advisors. So you're thinking about selling your home or you've got plans to do some home improvements. Let's get your home inspected by the pros. Pro Home Inspection Services. Here's just some of the things Emerson Trepper will inspect. Moisture, air quality, infrared, HVAC vents, electrical panels and outlets, air leakage of doors and windows, water pressure, gas leaks, even roof inspections. Emerson Treffer of Pro Home Inspection Services has over 40 years of inspection experience, residential and commercial. He's also qualified as an expert witness in various state, federal, and county courts. Home inspections are a great way to check things out before you begin projects. It's not just for selling or buying a home. Get started with ProHomeInspectionsSC.com. That's ProHomeInspectionsSC.com. Pro Home Inspection Services, it's the value of experience. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.34 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January 16, 2021. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Got a good show coming up for you today. In just a moment, we're going to be talking to Roman Bueller. Roman Bueller is with the... uh, a group, an interesting group that has been formed in an effort to preserve the integrity of the U.S. Supreme Court. A few uh, months ago, most of us would have probably said that's not a problem, not an issue, but guess what? It is. We have to uh, do a lot of things today that we maybe never thought about before. That's one of them is protect the integrity of the Supreme Court. A little bit later in the program, we're also going to be talking to Drew McKissick, who is the chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party. He's going to be telling us uh, his thoughts on What's uh, going on with the election and the votes uh, to impeach and, and the charges that will be, are being brought against the president. We'll also be talking a little bit later in the program with Van Hip. Van has been on this show before. and He's been on the Liz show on the weekdays. Van is the author of New Terrorism, and he's going to be giving us uh, some insights into the uh, forthcoming Biden administration. Much as we don't like it, it's time to start thinking about what we are dealing with very shortly. And so a lot uh, to unpack, a lot in the news, to say the least, to deal with. And some of you are checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. I want to thank the climbers for checking in. They're enjoying some fine Charleston organic coffee this morning. Good morning, guys. Andy Thompson checking in, uh, sending a little guitar emoji my way. Good morning, Andy. Good to hear from you. James checking in. Johnny checking in. Johnny's enjoying a poor man's latte this morning. That's iced instant with a healthy scoop of vanilla protein powder. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Johnny, I'm not sure I can join you in that, but I, I toast you and I, I thank you for uh, listening. Tim, the uh, Tim, my coffee from Africa is just, yeah, just no, fine. No comparison. Just fine. But Johnny, if it floats your boat, we love you, man. Uh, Tim, the car detail guy, checking in. Good to hear from you this morning. Tim James from Myrtle Beach, checking in. Uh, James got a, ver- a fairly frank assessment of my idea about a, a, a national commission. He said, no way a commission is going anywhere. And James, I don't, I don't necessarily tell you that this is a foregone conclusion. Certainly, um, it's, you know, the Democrats, frankly, uh, are not really a fan of, uh, ballot integrity because I think a lot of what happened in November benefited them. They, they were the ones primarily driving, the bus uh, to make the uh, the adjustments to the the changes to balloting and voting procedures that were implemented. They were the ones in South Carolina who sued uh, to do away with the signature requirement on uh, absentee ballots, mail-in ballots. Thankfully, uh, they lost that re- they lost that requirement or they lost that lawsuit. So the signature witness requirement for absentee balloting in South Carolina was preserved. But in other states, guess what? It wasn't. So it went away. But, uh, and you may be right, James, it may go nowhere with a democratically controlled house and, and well, <laughs> with Democrats in control, let's just say that we don't have to specify anymore. It may not go anywhere, uh, with Democrats in control, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about it at least for the moment. And so we have to talk about it and we have to push for it and we have to see what we can get done. I note that, uh, I said, I mentioned briefly, but I didn't uh, clarify, but Senator, Scott has introduced legislation calling for such a commission. Senator Scott has introduced a bill to establish the 2020 Bipartisan Advisory Committee, which committee will be charged with examining the integrity of the November election and making recommendations to state legislatures to improve the security, integrity, and administration 
of federal elections. Um, Senator Scott said the following. This is a press release from his office. The beauty of the American experiment is the ability to freely question our processes and build upon lessons learned. We cannot move forward without looking back and scrutinizing the issues that led to millions of Americans losing trust in our election system. And that's where we are, folks. Millions of Americans today uh, have lost trust in the election system. And it's not a good place to be. It is not a sustainable place to be. So, uh, James, you may be right. I hope you're wrong. I hope the idea will go somewhere. And by that, I would also say it may be necessary for independent groups, for commissions, private entities, agencies, uh, foundations to bring litigation, to force these issues to be examined, to subpoena documents related to the election in an effort to uncover uh, what happened. And we may, so this reporting, this studying may have to be done in the private sector, may have to be done in the nonprofit sector by foundations that are, <clears throat> excuse me, concerned, uh, as we all should be, about the election. But, you know, we'll have to see how it goes, but it, it's got to be studied. But right now, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, the um, uh, effort, as I was just describing, to preserve the integrity of the Supreme Court, to protect our Supreme Court. And we are joined here today <clears throat> by, the, uh, uh, by Roman Bueller. Uh, Mr. Bueller is uh, with a new bipartisan group in Washington, which is urging Democrats and Republicans to support a Keep Nine Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which says very simply, the Supreme Court of the United States shall be composed of nine justices. Why do, you need, why do we need this amendment? Well, the Constitution is now silent on the size of the Supreme Court, which would allow Congress and, and the President to change the number of justices in a strategy which is normally referred to as court packing. And folks, court packing is bad because it makes the court just another political tool of whoever happens to be in charge in the other branches. So we're joined here today by Roman Bueller. Roman, can you hear me? Yes, I sure can. And thank you so much for having me on the program. You're very welcome, sir. Um, you, know, I, you and I have chatted by email, met you uh, many years ago in connection with a Republican National Lawyers Association event. And uh, so when I heard you were involved in this uh, effort, the Keep Nine uh, effort, wanted to get you on the program. So thanks for thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us, Roman. Well, thank you. Uh, it's a great way to spend a Saturday morning uh, defending uh, the Constitution. Uh, are you calling us from Washington this morning? No, as a matter of fact, I am calling you from Buffalo, New York, because that's where my uh, my wife's parents live, and we're visiting them. Uh, my wife, uh, my wife's mother, is ninety-one years old, and uh, so we decided to uh, to spend some time with them. And of course, we got our uh, we got our, uh, our our test, and we came back negative, so we're allowed to go and visit her. Oh, very good. Well, uh, Roman, that's good to hear. I, I won't even ask you if it's warm. I know, I know, it's it's not warm in Buffalo this morning. I'm no, sure. it's not. We would much <laughs> rather be in Myrtle Beach. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, Roman, tell us a little bit about Keep Nine and what what it is. And I know that's not the official name. Uh, I think it's the Commission to Preserve the in, Independence of the Supreme Court, uh, along those lines. But tell us a little bit about this effort and how it got started, and 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 uh, and what the what the crux of it is. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, people began to notice uh, uh, leaders on the progressive side of the political equation, people like uh, uh, Professor Larry Tribe at Harvard and uh, uh, Obama's uh, former attorney general, began to start beginning to talk about uh, court packing, about expanding the size of the court. 
And the reason is really simple. Uh, Democrats uh, were hoping that uh, elections would give them control of uh, the executive branch, the presidency, and the legislative branch, Congress. Uh, but they wanted full control. They wanted control of the judicial branch. And because of uh, uh, President Trump's uh, judicial appointments and the appointments of, uh, of uh, uh, Republicans before him, uh, it looks now like we're going to have a pretty uh, a solid uh, majority uh, of uh, uh, conservative-leaning justices on the court for maybe a generation. And the Democrats, uh, some of their plans are basically unconstitutional, and they can't get done a lot of the things they want to get done in their agenda yeah. uh, without packing the court. So we noticed this, and we said, you know, sooner or later, the Democrats are going to get a majority. We can't stop them, right? The, you know, it's just like hurricanes show up every once in a while, and Democratic majorities do too. So we thought, how do we prevent them from packing the court permanently? And the only way to do that is a constitutional amendment. But the advice we got from people like Ed Meese, who was Reagan's former attorney general, mm -hmm. if you're going to do a, an amendment, it's got to be bipartisan. Yeah. So we went out and we recruited a former Democratic attorney general of Virginia to lead the effort. And we built a coalition of former state attorney generals, which, by the way, includes uh, former South Carolina attorney uh, general Charlie Condon. And then we had the bill introduced in Congress first by a Democrat, not by a Republican. Yep. And then we had it introduced in the Senate, and there are now 15 uh, Republican uh, senators who support it. Uh, last week, the Republican National Committee unanimously endorsed it. Uh, Ed Meese supports it, along with a lot of other conservatives. And so we built a bipartisan citizens' movement to persuade Congress uh, to propose this amendment, which would keep the Supreme Court at nine. Yeah. And block And it's interesting to me that the original text of the Constitution, and there's no been no amendment yet, that specifies a nine-member Supreme Court. But I don't really think the founders ever anticipated that the federal judiciary would be as important as it as it worked out to be. But it's rather interesting that the Constitution doesn't say how many justices would be on the Supreme Court. That's really just kind of a tradition that we have, isn't it? Yes, it's a tradition, but it's very interesting. The first 75, 80 years or so of the Republic, there, there were seven efforts by Congress to either expand or contract the size of the Supreme Court, most of them for political advantage. And so we know uh, what this political system is capable of. And it wasn't until 1869 when there had been three changes to the court in the last 10 years that people finally said, look, this is enough. Uh, Congress passed a law setting the court at nine, and for 150 years there's been a tradition uh, that the Supreme Court uh, remains above uh, partisan politics in Congress. Congress can't change the number. And when Roosevelt tried to change that number in 1937, at the peak of his popularity, mm -hmm. there was bipartisan revulsion that a president would try to essentially corrupt the independence of the Supreme Court, and the plan was killed with bipartisan opposition. Yeah. And so people thought, no one will ever try this again. But now that threat is back, and yeah. it's back in spades, which is why we need this amendment. 
Uh, never say never is the is the uh, age old rule, and for good reason. Um, Roman, we've got to take a short break. Can you stick with us through a couple of commercials, and we'll wrap this up in the next segment? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, folks, we're talking to Roman Bueller with the Keep Nine effort, which is uh, aimed at preserving the integrity and independence of the Supreme Court. We'll be right back with more of Mr. Bueller and more Saturday morning coffee after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. So you're thinking about selling your home or you've got plans to do some home improvements. Let's get your home inspected by the pros. Pro Home Inspection Services. Here's just some of the things Emerson Trepper will inspect. Moisture. Air quality, infrared, HVAC vents, electrical panels and outlets, air leakage of doors and windows, water pressure, gas leaks, even roof inspections. Emerson Treffer of Pro Home Inspection Services has over 40 years of inspection experience, residential and commercial. He's also qualified as an expert witness in various state, federal and county courts. Home inspections are a great way to check things out before you begin projects. It's not just for selling or buying a home. Get started with ProHomeInspectionsSC.com. That's ProHomeInspectionsSC.com. Pro Home Inspection Services, it's the value of experience. Happy New Year from Seaside Furniture Gallery and Accents. Your Grand Strand Furniture Store is ringing in the new year with all in-store furniture items discounted from 15 to 50% off our everyday low pricing. And with the largest selection of lamps, pictures, and accessories on the Grand Strand, you'll save more at 40% off our everyday low pricing. And our clearance items have been drastically reduced for cash and carry. Hurry in. Our New Year sales event won't last long. It ends January 31st. Seaside is located in the heart of North Myrtle Beach at 527 Highway 17 North. Open seven days a week, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, and Sunday, 1 to 5. Seaside Furniture Gallery and Accents. We love our customers. We're the professionals, we're there when you call For your home or business, no jobs too big or small Hi folks, Berlin Wolf here with Carolina Cool As the weather changes, we continue to hear news of the coronavirus and the flu While the guidelines continue to encourage hand washing and sanitizing services, indoor air filtration technology has been a growing part of these conversations. Carrier has long been a leader in indoor air filtration with the Infinity Air Purifier. This device has a patented germicidal technology that is so effective it captures and kills 99% of airborne pathogens, including coronavirus. It is literally the same technology used in many hospitals. Carolina Cool's team of advisors can show you this and other options to safeguard your home. Turn to the experts and Carolina Cool. Now that's cool and clean. Carolina Cool, that's cool. In South Carolina, manufacturing is a people business. At the South Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, we help companies like yours compete, grow, and win. Whether you need help reaching the next generation of skilled workers or becoming an employer of choice, consider us the force behind your workforce. Visit us today at scmep.org and let's put knowledge to work. SCMEP is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization, an NIST-MEP affiliate, sponsored by SCMEP in cooperation with the South Carolina Broadcasters Association and this station. Saturday morning coffee. 
The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. It is 7.50 on your Saturday morning. Boy, time flies here on Saturday Morning Coffee, Glenn. 40 degrees this morning as well. 40 chilly degrees here in Myrtle Beach on the Grand Strand. We're talking to somebody who is quite a bit colder, though. We're talking to Roman Bueller, currently located in upstate New York. Roman is uh, counsel and... and, uh, connected or running the coalition to preserve an independent u.s supreme court that uh, commission is based or that coalition based in washington and it's the keep nine effort and the effort is uh, attempting to get a constitutional amendment passed to uh, preserve this or, or protect and uh, and defend the supreme court by making it unequivocally clear that the supreme court is composed of nine justices no more no less roman thanks for sticking with us Thank you for having me on the program. Yes, sir. Well, let, let me ask you this. So it's a, you, you mentioned history. I wanted to briefly touch on this. You mentioned FDR and court packing. It's been tried before. Uh, it was uh, defeated then. But, but also, I think people should understand that, you know, as a result, FDR came into office with a lot of sweeping programs to supposedly fix the Depression. Um, Social Security, National, you know, working, the, the civilian, you know, Conservation Corps, all the work programs, the things that the, the, the hydroelectric electric and energy programs, all the things that they wanted government to do to, to theoretically fix the Depression. And the Supreme Court initially resisted Roosevelt on many of his initiatives, and that's when he began to say, okay, I'll just keep adding justices until I can have my way. Is that, is that a fair statement? Well, yes. I mean, uh, Social Security was not, uh, I don't think, the central issue. Yeah. Uh, but what Roosevelt really wanted, which is what progressives has always wanted, was for the government to run the economy and for the government to be able to tell private businesses what to do. And the Supreme Court uh, tried to limit his power. Yeah. And he got very upset and he thought, well, I'll just put six of my own uh, buddies on the Supreme Court and then that'll take care of things. Yeah. Uh, but people didn't want the president to have that much power. People understood then, as they do now, uh, that checks and balances on the abuse of power in Washington are one of the things uh, that protect our constitutional rights. And in fact, we've taken polls that show that by a three-to-one margin, voters would favor uh, the Keep Nine Amendment to preserve uh, nine justices. Yeah. And so what is the... It, I take it it's a very simple amendment. What, is the, what does the amendment say? Does it just... Spell it out in a Go ahead. The Supreme Court of the United States shall be composed of nine justices. You can see for yourself by going to www.keep9.org, where we have our list of supporters and the text of the amendment and a lot of uh, information about our effort. That was going to be one of my questions, Roman. If people want to get involved and help the Keep Nine effort, how can they do that? Well, they can do it in two ways. One is they can go to the website. Uh, keep9.org, and the other is uh, they can email me at leaders at keep9.org. Uh, we are building a grassroots movement all over the country. 
Uh, our strategy is to get every single elected official uh, in both parties to take a position. We, we're, you know, we understand not everybody's going to want to support this, but we need to know where people stand. Are they for it? Do they want to keep nine justices? Are they against it? Do they want Congress to have the power to manipulate the size of the court? And if we can get every politician in America to tell us where they stand, uh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And uh, you've got some great people in uh, South Carolina who uh, supported this. Uh, Jeff Duncan, the congressman, has Charlie Condon. Uh, the Republican National Committee has unanimously endorsed this amendment. Uh, but we've got a couple of senators and several members of Congress in South Carolina. Uh, we need grassroots people to call those folks and say, hey, uh, will you join this effort? Uh, or is this a little too controversial for you? And, you know, we just need voters need to know. Yeah. And what do you think, Roman? I'm, I'm concerned. One of the things I am concerned about is that Biden, uh, and I know you're trying to be bipartisan about this, but do you think it's a likelihood or certainly it's a possibility, but do you think there will be a serious effort to increase the number of justices on the Supreme Court in the near term? Absolutely. Uh, Chuck Schumer, who is the Senate Majority Leader, has repeatedly threatened the Supreme Court with what he calls restructuring. Uh, if they don't rule his way on Second Amendment and other issues, Nancy Pelosi has said all options are on the table. And uh, Joe Biden, has, before the election, said, I'm not telling the voters where I stand. Yeah. And right here in South Carolina, you've got uh, the new chairman, Jamie Harrison, of the DNC. Uh, in the campaign, he said packing the court would open a Pandora's box. Uh, but he never said uh, where he stood on the issue. He just he kind of talked around it. So we're going to have to pin some of these Democrats down and get them to say, all right, either you're with us, you want to preserve the independence of the court, or no, you want to manipulate the size of the court. And asking them where they stand on this amendment, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun, and it'll be very educational for voters. Yeah. And so just to clarify, Congress will have to, because I believe y'all are pursuing the congressional proposal path for this amendment, if I'm not mistaken, but it, Correct, yes. Congress will have to propose the amendment as a, as a potential uh, amendment, and then the state's uh, 38 or whatever that number is will have to adopt it by their state legislatures. Is that correct? That's right. So we're looking for support from members of Congress, and you've got a great, mem a great member of the state assembly there in Myrtle Beach, Russell Fry. He is actually introducing a resolution in the South Carolina House urging Congress to propose this amendment. Yeah. So uh, one of the things listeners can do is call Russell Fry and thank him for being a leader on this effort. Yeah, I think this is a very, and Russell's a great guy. He's a, he's a friend, Roman, and he's been on the show many times. I think this is a very important effort because right now, more than ever in our lifetimes, I think the Supreme Court is a bulwark uh, to protect our freedom. And if the Democrats come in and pack the court, well, the majority, the, the majority that, strict constructionist conservative justices now hold uh is will be gone and and that's, that's right. that, that would be a critical loss so, so that's why you know this this we can't do this we can't do this without the help of citizens all over the country so yeah. that's why i'm urging people to go to our website www.keep9.org uh and uh and and get involved let us know you want to help uh let us know you're willing to help us hold uh, political leaders accountable for where they stand, and we can do this. You know, the history of constitutional amendments, uh, there have been 27, and amendments like the women's right to vote and presidential term limits, they happened because citizens got involved. 
And we think citizens could get involved and make a difference on this issue, too. Very good. Well, Roman, I want to thank you for joining us. Give us your email address one more time, if you would. Yes, it's leaders at keep9, the word spelled out, N-I-N-E, leaders at keep9.org. Very Send good. Me an email, we'll get you involved. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your program. Very good, Roman. Thanks so much for joining us. Keep up the great work, and we'll be following up with you to see how it's going. And I encourage folks to check out keep9.org, and uh, we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new adventure. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flowing like an awful. Daily and nightly, will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll go to the extreme. I rock a mic like a man. Light up the stage and wax a chump like a candle dance. Caress a speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom, deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. It's a felony, love it to leave it. You better gain weight, better hit fools out of kid. Don't play if it was a problem, I would solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. I vanilla ice, vanilla ice, ice baby. Oh, ice, ice baby, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoid Radio Hour. It is 8.07 on your Saturday morning. We've made it to the uh, second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. A little Marty Robbins project for you on your uh, Saturday morning. A lot of you love that. I love it. It's a great cover of the uh, Vanilla Ice Classic. Um, wanted to thank Roman Bueller, uh, Roman Bueller is with the Coalition to Preserve an Independent Supreme Court for joining us on the program this morning. Fascinating interview. Uh, I hope everybody will get behind that effort. Uh, contact Russell Fry. Russell is going to be introducing a resolution uh, in support of the Keep Nine Amendment. And uh, apparently, according to, I haven't spoken to Russell about this, but uh, that's uh, Mr. Bueller's uh, comment. And, uh, but I encourage you to contact Russell. Let him know. Contact the other members of your delegation, all your senators, all your representatives. Contact uh, Tom Rice's office. I know many of you are interested in Tom Rice right now. Call his office and say, look, uh, get, get on board with this. How you can oppose uh, if somebody walks up to you and says, I want the Supreme Court uh, to be nine justices. And, of course, the obvious retort is, well, it is. But you want to preserve that. You want to protect that. Well, how can you be opposed to that? If somebody walks up to you and says, I want the Supreme Court to be 15 justices, based on what? What? I mean, we got nine, well, I would say nine perfectly good justices. In fact, we don't. But we have nine justices on the Supreme Court, and we're going to increase that number to 13, 15, 17. Where do we stop? And, what, and for what reason? But the fact is, is as, as Roman pointed out, uh, when politicians, and we primarily think of FDR, it's been, it was even before then, but when politicians have tried to quote-unquote pack the court, um, it, it's always been for ulterior 
political motives. I mean, surprise, surprise, a politician doing something for an ulterior political motive. But the bottom line is they've always been up to no good. And right now the Supreme Court is the last bastion. It's the bulwark that protects our freedom from a government that is otherwise under the control of the Democratic Party. So we've got to stick it uh, to anybody that tries to mess with the Supreme Court. This is a critical issue. And one of the things that I think this election and the events of January 6th and a lot of things happening right now in Washington underscore is the need for the states to restore their prominence in the federal system. So that's why we've been talking about the the Convention of States. Uh, That's why we've been talking this morning about the Keep Nine Coalition. It's important for us to get involved, folks. It's important for states to remind the federal government that the federal government works for the states and uh, not the other way around. So time to move on. But I hope you guys will follow up with the Keep Nine Coalition and let's uh, let's do something to make a difference. And uh, let's let's make uh, let's make government safer and stronger uh, for preserving our liberty. But right now we're switching gears. We're going to be talking to or we are talking to uh, Chairman Drew McKissick. Uh, Chairman McKissick is the chair of the South Carolina Republican Party, been on this program many times. And I'm sure he's been a busy man for the last month and certainly the last week. But uh, so thanks for making some time for us this morning, uh, Drew. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Absolutely. And by the way, I sincerely appreciate and would not have thought I would have heard a semi-Caribbean version of Ice Ice Baby. So I appreciate that this morning. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, it's a great one. It's a great one. And I tell you what, Drew, if you won't tell anybody, I'll send you the MP3 so you can enjoy it. <laughs> Okay. You can enjoy it in its blessed entirety, but it's a good it's a good piece. Um, so, Drew, you are the chairman of the Ori County. Uh, strike that. Uh, you are the chair of the. You are not the chair, and uh, and I'm sure you're happy about this. You are not the chair of the Ori County Republican Party. You are the chair of the South Carolina uh, Republican Party. Freudian uh, slip there, but um, tell me a little bit about. Just a lot going on, Drew. I'm not going to give you a setup. You don't even need a setup. Tell me what's going on and, and what can I mean, what can Republicans what can Republicans do to uh, preserve their liberty and how, how where do we go from yeah. here? How about that? Well, obviously, it's been a busy couple of months and an even busier last few weeks and this past week uh, for all the reasons we're all familiar with. Um, you know, we saw what happened in the election. We saw now eventually what happened in Georgia. And then now we've seen Democrats move forward with, uh, you know, a completely, again, uh, and much more so even than the last time, uh, rushed impeachment process, uh, and this time featuring absolutely no due process whatsoever, I'll, I'll add. Yeah. Uh, you know, where the House of Representatives is supposed to sit as a grand jury, you know, to our civilian equivalent, if you will, our regular legal system, a grand jury, and they you know, hear witnesses, testimony, et cetera, et cetera, and then decide whether to issue a bill of impeachment, which is, you know, uh, like an indictment uh, to send over to the Senate. Well, there was no due process whatsoever in this whole situation this past week. And, you know, it's all about them trying to, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, you know, um, stick it to President Trump one more time on the way out the door. It's a political stunt. Uh, And, you know, Quite frankly, to have Republicans participate in that is, to me, beyond the pale. Uh, it's one thing to, um, uh, you know, if you even had reasoned arguments in a reasoned process that, that, that allowed due process, uh, you know, on behalf of the person being indicted, if you will, in this case. Uh, but here you had none of that, and which makes it and underlines that much more that it was and is a political stunt. 
and you know, in, in the time now where you know, we're coming to where Joe Biden's going to be sworn in as president next week, uh, well, you know, our job right now as a party is to, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, you know, keep together and keep from fracturing the coalition that we have created, built over the last several years. I mean, I can say from my standpoint, chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party, I'm not a chair in any other state, but I've seen very, very vividly what's going on here in South Carolina in the last three and a half years. Uh, we have grown as a party here more than at any time in the last two generations. And that is not an overstatement. Uh, whether it's the anecdotal accounts from counties where we had no party organization when, when I came in the door, when President Trump was elected, mm-hmm. uh, to you know, 30, 40, and 50 people turning out at party organization meetings in the last cycle because they're excited about the president, excited about his issues and platform, and they want to get involved in the party. Yeah. Uh, all the way to the November elections and what we saw here in South Carolina. You know, for all the, you know, uh, the problems that we have with what went on nationally and in other states, here in South Carolina, we got it right. You know, we had a great result. Uh, we had record-setting results. We delivered more votes yeah. for a uh, Republican presidential candidate here in South Carolina than have ever been delivered for any candidate in South Carolina, period, ever. Uh, we elected the most Republicans since the end of the Civil War. Uh, we won four, I know, I think five counties that we have not won in 140 years. Uh, yeah. Record-setting majority, supermajority now in the state Senate, which I know we'll probably want to talk about shortly when it comes to helping us with legislation. Uh, all these things, and then the biggest statistic to me that, that echoes or, or underlines the actual growth that we have seen has been the straight ticket numbers. First time we ever beat Democrats on straight ticket voting was in 16, and we beat them by two and a half points. In 18, we beat them by eight points. And in this election, this past November, Republicans beat Democrats statewide by 17 points on straight ticket voting. And that is wow. all those new people who have come into the party and then who and have decided yep. at a, you know, increasing rate over the last four years to just punch the straight Republican button. Yep. They have identified with our party and the issues that we're talking about. And you know, the risk that we're running if I right can, now if- is... I'm sorry, I yeah, interrupt you. if I can interrupt you for one I'm still second. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're doing great. But, you know, one of the things that is fascinating to me, Drew, is if you set aside the absolute train wreck that was the presidential election and all the, the spill out that we've had from just that one race at the very top of the ticket, incredibly important, but right. but still just one race. Correct. If you can if you if you wipe that off the slate, other than that, it was a great day for Republicans in November. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and again, much more so even here in South Carolina, yeah. but still, as you point out, nationally. Uh, and, you know, again, aside from these few states that apparently um, don't understand things like ballot integrity and, yeah. uh, and are badly in need of some election reform. Oh, yeah. Uh, or whether, you know, unelected bureaucrats or federal judges came in and usurped state legislatures controlling election law, which yep. I would say, by the way, the Constitution gives state legislatures that power. But aside from that, you're exactly right. And, you know, again, going back over the last four years, and then look at the, the, the accomplishments to the agenda, things conservatives have had on the wish list for, you know, about as long as I've been involved in politics. But this president's been able to get done, you know, all the way up to and including, you know, the judiciary and the incredible number of uh, great appointments that we've had to the judiciary, and, you know, that, which will impact things to come here in this country for 20 or 30 or 40 years. 
you know, from an issue standpoint, I mean, he he took off in 15 and 16. Yeah. And the party has grown later because of the issues that he talked about. Yeah. And that's Drew, listen, to uh, we've got to take a short break for a couple of sure. uh, obscene profit messages uh, from our sponsors. Could you hang with us over a break? Well, you are a capitalist, so I'll stick around. There, there you go, folks. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Drew McKissick. I'm Reese Boyd. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. Stick with us. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at Hey everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson. Greg is the principal at the Greg Sisson Team Remax First Choice Real Estate. How long have you been in the real estate business? I started in real estate full-time in 1997, and our company is, is really structured where we can serve the client at a high level, so we've really streamlined it to make it simple and easy for our clients. Our market is red hot kind of the perfect storm for home sellers right now in the Grand Strand. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. And then our website is gregsisson.com. Check us out there as well. If you are a seller today and you're thinking about it, it, it would make sense to give me a call. Remax First Choice, the Greg Sisson team, real estate experts here in Myrtle Beach, ready to help you with your real estate needs. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 821 on your Saturday morning. We're talking to Drew McKissick. Drew is the chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party. And just before the uh, break, we were talking about how actually the last couple of years for Republicans have been really good ones. And aside from the something of a train wreck at the top of the ticket that we had with this recent election. Uh, not the fault of South Carolina, by the way. South Carolina resoundingly delivered its votes in favor of uh, the president. But elsewhere, they had major problems, as we are all well aware at this point. Um, but uh, other than that, it's been a great uh, election cycle for Republicans. For the most part, we've had a, a recent setback in Georgia that was extremely disappointing. And, uh, and, and by the way, Drew, you and I talked about that race many times. And if you went to the polls okay. in Georgia or stayed at home and you're a Republican uh, because uh, you were mad at the president for whatever reason, you know, in my opinion, Drew, that's not the president's yeah. fault. That's on you. You know, that's, yeah, on, you know, that's, you know. that's cutting your nose off to spite your face right yeah. there. I mean, there were, I believe the number is roughly 300 plus thousand uh, identified Republicans that voted in November that did not vote in this recent Georgia 
uh, Senate election. So yeah. the votes were there. Um, but again, you know, as you say, that's it's uh, if you stand for a certain set of values and beliefs and you decide to not participate, uh, you know, that, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I mean, the, the, the thing that we have to remember yeah. is when you lose, you can't quit. When you win, you can't quit. Because when you do quit and you go sit on the sidelines, somebody else is taking your place. And you have little to no guarantee that they believe what you believe. Yeah. And the only way to guarantee you get none of what you want politically in this country is to sit on the sidelines. This Stay is not home. a spectator sport. Yeah. And just before the break, uh, Drew, we had to go to a commercial break. But you were talking about how uh, the Republican uh, roles have been expanding at a, at a rate you know, unmatched in a, a generation or two. I think in a in a prior generation, yeah. when I was a kid, when we were kids, they would have called those folks uh, Reagan Democrats. But what what do you attribute right. the recent growth in the Republican Party to? Issues. I mean, uh, I actually have a sign in my office um, quoting Lee Atwater, who I'm sure you remember from way 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 back in the day. And you know, I got to spend a little bit of time around him back in his heyday. Yeah. Uh, when I was in college, Republicans and young Republicans, and he always repeated over and over, issues win campaigns, issues win campaigns. Why is that? People get excited about issues. They get passionate about them. Issues move people. They'll make them volunteer for somebody. Issues will make you give money to somebody, um, you know, as opposed to someone just voting for you. And, you know, so it was that leading edge of that issue set that the president first began to talk about in 15 and 16, that Democrats had ignored forever. Republicans, especially the D.C. Beltway crowd, had begun to ignore over the course of the last 20 years. It was like a rubber band that just snapped back. And it was like rocket fuel to his campaign. That's why folks had been so loyal to him, stuck with him. He was able to beat a, you know, a field of 16 other presidential candidates who were, I think, at least half of which we would call, you know, star quality candidates sure. it wasn't a weak field by any stretch of the imagination yeah. uh but it was because of what he talked about it resonated with people and that's our key that's the key has been the key to the growth that we've seen in the party i know here at least those that i talk to as i travel around the state and that's the key to success going forward people keep saying well how are we going to succeed going forward well how do we succeed up till this point well, let's look at what worked mm-hmm. we know what worked talking about things Issues. people care about yeah that works absolutely well, you know, one of the things that we were talking about, speaking of issues, one of the things we were talking about at the beginning of the program, and folks were talking to Drew McKissick, who is the chair of the South Carolina Republican Party, one of the things we were talking about this morning, uh, right when we rolled in at 7, is uh, ballot integrity. You know, I learned this morning it's kind of hard to get up at 5 o'clock on Saturday morning and come in here and talk about ballot integrity at 7 a.m., but it can be done. Uh, but but that is a critical issue, uh, Drew, to understate it. And, and, and what can we do as a party and as a nation, to uh, one of our listeners, uh, regular listeners, texted in and says, I'm whistling in the wind if I think I can get a national commission uh, to look at the November election. I love it when people have confidence in my, in my, my uh, propositions. <laughs> but what can we do as a party and as a nation to, A, fix these ballot integrity issues and to also restore confidence? And, and, and by the way, misplaced confidence is not the solution. We, we actually need to fix this Correct. problem, you know? Correct. So a couple of things. One, it, it would be it, it, the only thing that would be worse than the result we got out of the national election would be not to learn anything from it uh, that would help fix the problem. Uh, so that. Things. Yeah. on the national level, so I can speak at least for one from the standpoint of the Republican National Committee. I was at the RNC meeting in Florida late last week. This, this was topic number one on everybody's mind. We had meetings about it. 
And when it was over, we uh, voted to, one, form a ballot integrity committee, which is completely new for the RNC, made up of members from around the country, state chairman, committeemen. We wanted to go and look in the states where we had the problems. What were the problems? What should we do? What should go into model legislation to fix those problems? Then go work with the National Republican uh, Association of Legislators to craft model legislation which we will then go state to state, and the RNC has never done this before, actually pay for lobbyists and lobbying campaigns in those particular states to pass legislation to fix those problems. That's one thing. Second thing, Democrats in this cycle, you know, won much of the ground that they won in courtrooms. And they sued in like 27 states. South Carolina was one of the states that they sued. And we successfully fought back early. We stopped that from being a problem here in South Carolina, all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. We won a case there. Uh, other states were not, like Pennsylvania and Georgia, were not so successful. Well, those lawsuits originated with essentially Democrat-led nonprofits, which are sitting on tens of millions of dollars to do nothing but go into various states and sue the heck out of Republicans and harass the Republican elected officials. So the resolve on our part at the RNC was we need the same kind of entity on our side. If this thing is just all going to be everybody suing each other, then we're going to have our own group that's going to go around and just sue the heck out of Democrats everywhere. Uh, so there's going to be some coordination on creating an entity and finding the right sponsors uh, and funders and then filling it with attorneys to do just that going into the next cycle. That's well, the second thing. Yep. And, I, um, and, and then you – go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I like that. Well, then you bring it down to we, – We've got about, a, we got about a minute before a hard break, okay. Drew, just to give you a heads up. Okay. But go ahead. Okay. Well, then you bring it down to state level. We've yep. got a bill introduced in the state legislature here to reform our absentee ballot election laws here in South Carolina. Now, we didn't have massive problems here, but the point is there's always room for improvement. So we want to use the heightened attention that people have around this issue now to get behind Republican legislators to tighten up our absentee ballot laws and also including voter rolls and so forth and how commissions have to deal with that. Amen. So, Drew, I want to thank you for dialing in this morning. Those are great suggestions. Sure. If folks want to get involved in the Republican Party and help out, what, what's your, what are some things that they can do? One, go to scgop.com, sign up for our newsletter so you can get action alerts about these issues when we're working on them. And two, when March, when we have organization meetings where you can get involved in the grassroots level of the Republican Party, show up. If you yep. sign up for our email list, you'll get notices about that. Uh, and, you know, it's all about the manpower. Yep. Amen. Listen, Drew, we always love having you on the program. Appreciate your insights and your leadership. Yes, it's, uh, folks, it's Drew McKissick. And, uh, Drew, thanks for joining us. Come back anytime. We've got a couple of yes, folks sir. hanging on the line, uh, Jim, Tom, and Merle. Hold on, folks. We'll try to get to you after the break. Right now, it's uh, a couple of words from our sponsors, some uh, necessary obscene profit timeout. We'll be back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. She had a lot on her mind, and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. Before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. That's great, it starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Turn world, so it's own needs. Dummy, serve your own needs. Beat it up and not speak. Grunt, no strength. The ladder starts to clatter with fear. Fight down high. Fire in a fire, represent a seven 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoid Radio Hour. It is 8.34 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January 16, 2021. I want to thank you all for sticking with us here on the program. also want to thank uh, Drew McKissick, the South Carolina Republican Party chairman, for joining us here on the program. Lots of uh, good information uh, that we got uh, this morning with Drew, and I want to thank him for his time. And I want to remind you guys that in spite of the train wreck that the uh, presidential contest turned out to be and all the downstream difficulties that we're having, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, it is, as R.E.M. would say, it's the end of the world as we know it and I feel fun, but um, it's not the end of the world. And lots of folks have joined the conservative banner. Uh, the president has brought tons of people into the party over the last couple of years. And what we have to do is keep those people energized and keep those people who believe in limited government and, and constitutional liberties, uh, keep those folks active. Don't give up. As Drew said, you don't, the only way you totally lose a political contest is if you stay home. And staying home is not an option. We've got to be energized. We've got to get out. You've got to organize your neighborhood, organize your precinct. You've got to roll up your sleeves and get to work. And we all have to do that, not just you, me, everybody else. And uh, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That means it's time for another coronavirus update. But before we get to that, we've got uh, two or three folks that have been hanging on the phone forever. And I apologize, guys, for that. But I uh, want to pick up, uh, we'll take you guys in order. I want to start with uh, Jim. Jim calling this morning on Saturday morning coffee. Jim, how are you? Good, good, Reese. Nice, nice to be with you. Is this, uh, is, you, is, this uh, is this Jim? You so much. Is this Jim Furry, esteemed former FBI agent? Yes, I just, yes well, absolutely. I just, I just outed you. Well, Jim, I want to thank you for dialing in, and I apologize for keeping you holding. Um, but go ahead, I interrupted you. What you were, uh, you were saying? No, no, thank you, thank you for being an advocate and a spokesman for the conservatives. Uh, you do a great job, and I think your guests this morning were were great. I, I was not aware. Uh, from what Drew said, how how the Republican Party was growing in South Carolina, and uh, as you know, uh, Horry County, there's some precincts where have no representation on the uh, Horry County GOP, and I think uh, I think w- that would be a good cue to try to get more participation in some of those precincts. Yeah. Y'all, uh, precinct, great point, Jim. Precinct reorganization is coming up in March. And, uh, you know, if you don't know how to do that, give me a call. Again, you guys can reach me at my office during normal business hours anytime, 843-839-9800. And, yeah, I'm practicing law, but I'm also happy to talk to you about how you can get involved in the Republican Party and just get involved in politics and let your voice be heard. Everybody has got to stand up. Uh, I, I assume you would agree with that, Jim. It's time to stand up and let your voice be heard. And by and let me emphasize, let your voice be heard, because that's the way we resolve uh, our political differences in this country. We let our voices uh, be heard. We don't uh, we don't take guns to political rallies. And not that I'm against guns. Don't all of you don't misunderstand. I'm just saying the way we resolve political disputes in this country is we let our voices be heard. We we have not we have a history for the most part in this country, of not solving political differences with lead. And when we've tried to solve political differences with lead, it has not gone well. I don't know if y'all can remember 150 years, but it has not gone well. So, sorry, Jim, I interrupted you. Go ahead. I think it's interesting you have to qualify your answers on just about anything. I noticed 
some of my short comments on Facebook, I, you have to you have to go back and qualify them because there's a lot of misinterpretation and a lot of uh, quick to judgment uh, things are going on out there. And uh, it's great to have an opinion, but uh, I, I what what we text back and forth about a little a little while ago or yesterday, I think uh, it's important too not to rush to judgment. And and my role as an investigator when I used to do cases, you know, it's not. Uh, the the goal is to find the truth. Yep. You know, it's not to find it's not to convince everybody else you're right. It's to find out what actually happened. So, I think uh, uh, you try to take in all the evidence and try to make your determination of what happened from from all the evidence, not not just what you see or hear. Yeah, yep. uh, and. and, and you, you make it, I wanted to say this, you make an excellent point, Jim, but it seems as if I can use the term, everybody has a hair trigger these days. And you say one thing on Facebook or Twitter that somebody doesn't agree with. And I think it's time, and, and suddenly you're in the middle of a, a firefight. I think it's time for all of us to kind of take a step back and, and just take a deep breath and remember that we are all in this together, regardless of, of and we're we're all Republicans. If we if we're if you're talking about Republicans, we're all in this together. Or if you're even talking about Americans, you know, regardless of your party, at the end of the day, you know, a hundred years from now, what will matter is that we understood that we were all in this together, and and our fortunes rise and fall as a nation. And uh, we can't we can't lose this gift of liberty that we've been given, and we got to stand shoulder to shoulder and and protect it and preserve it. So. Absolutely. I, you know, I just, I just heard last night they had a clip from AOC and she said they have to liberate the Southern states from their, you know, from their conservatism. Well, yeah. I, 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 if that's not radical, I don't know what is, but, uh, uh, no, I think the thing that, yeah, the, the point that, uh, I think you wanted me to bring up was my observation about Tom Rice. And, uh, again, I went back, uh, and read his statement very carefully. Yeah. And the only thing I can think about is the, an analogy um, that you're in your house and and uh, you're on your computer working, and all of a sudden you you hear uh, somebody at the door, or you hear a crowd at the door, and they're breaking into your house, and you got a next door neighbor sitting over there who's friends with these people who are breaking into the door of your house, and they. And he just ignores it and watch watch him break in when you're in fear of your life. And yeah. I think uh, you have to walk in somebody else's shoes. And uh, my interpretation of, of what Tom said was that, um, you know, when they hear a shot go off, they don't know if they don't know who's coming in. Yeah. Uh, so they don't know if there's uh, armed people outside or inside. And then, he felt, I think he felt left down by the president, or I think he felt left down for uh, Vice President Pence, that the president just, he didn't come out and and address the nation right away and say, and or to tell the people he knew, look, the violence isn't the way. Yeah. Um, and Tom made the point that he didn't even call to see whether Vice President Pence was, was okay or if he was hurt or yeah. if he was killed or what he he didn't yeah. he didn't make any attempt so i think i'm not i'm not going to speak for tom I, I would never i i can't i don't know what's going through your mind i don't know what's going through anybody's mind but it just sounded from the tone of what he was saying is hey yeah. we supported you for 
four years, we we didn't object to anything you did, Vice yeah. President. No, I, I think it's a, it's a good point, Jim, and I'm, I'm going to have to wrap the call. But I, it's an excellent point, and I appreciate your call. And you made a, you made you know you and I were talking about this, and you made a good point, and I appreciate it that you know there is an, a, a perspective on this that I that I thought was uh, interesting. And you know, there's a there's a legal analysis you can do to what happened, and there's a political analysis, and certainly the optics of what happened are bad, but also. There's the legal, there's the political, but I also think there's the personal level that the people inside the Capitol felt a personal, you know, they were, they, their lives were personally at risk. And I think they were taking that personally, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's a great point, Jim. And I want to thank you for the call. Keep up the good fight. And, uh, Wanna, we may not get to the coronavirus, but I want to go in. we got another caller holding, been patiently waiting on the line. Wayne Gray is calling and uh, wanted to chat with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Wayne, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Reese. I'm doing wonderful this beautiful day. Yeah, I mean, thank, thanks for calling. What's on your mind this morning? Well, uh, you know, as we think about all the challenges that we, we've had over the last 10 months with the pandemic and the divisiveness that exists in our society, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that uh, yesterday my daughter delivered uh, a healthy baby boy. Uh, ah, congratulations. So grand, grand congratulations. Grandfather, yeah, grandfather for the first time. And, and you know, when you, you're all uh, nervous and unsure about uh, that whole process, but uh, it reminds you of what you were just describing. Hey, things are changing and the world will change, but we're all in this together and you know, when you bring in uh, a miracle of new life comes in, you just kind of realize, okay, all will be okay. You put those other things aside. You don't forget about them. You don't. You recognize that you just continue to to, to compete and, and uh, represent what you believe in uh, legally and, 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 and professionally and, and diplomatically and certainly. Um, uh, but, but you realize, hey. So I just wanted to call in and say, man, it's it's a it's a new day. The sun is rising, and, yep. and I, you know, pride and joy that you feel, and, and now be a grandfather. My my mom always used to say to me and to her children, she said, I just don't know why I couldn't have my grandchildren first. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be out of money. So yeah. I think we would all do that if we could. could You'd we? be out of money. Yeah. You'd yeah. be running out of money. Yeah. Uh, well, Wayne, I, Wayne, congratulations. That's a great thing and, and uh, makes me feel uh, special that you shared it with us. So uh, welcome to Grandfatherhood. And those are great points. And, you know, you may not have been listening early this morning, but we talked about also one thing that, you know, ultimately our hope is in Christ. And we know this is a broken world, and we know this world is never going to be perfect. And it's certainly showing that now, but uh, we have an eternal hope, and, and that passes all of these present troubles but uh wayne congratulations thanks for sharing those insights and yes it is a new day folks and time moves on and we will as we've said get through this thing thanks for calling wayne y'all folks we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more saturday morning coffee i'm reese boyd stick with us saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Loss of a loved one is always difficult. Goldfinch Funeral Home has been the leader in our community for 115 years, offering full-service funerals as well as cremation services and pre-planning options so that you don't have to leave your family with difficult decisions during a stressful time. 
with five locations to serve you, including their newest in Carolina Forest. They are available any time of day or night. Learn more about personalized options at goldfinchfuneralhome.com. Hey, everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson. Greg is the principal at the Greg Sisson Team Remax First Choice Real Estate. How long have you been in the real estate business? I started in real estate full-time in 1997, and our company is, is really structured where we can serve the client at a high level, so we've really streamlined it to make it simple and easy for our clients. Our market is red hot kind of the perfect storm for home sellers right now in the Grand Strand. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. And then our website is gregsisson.com. Check us out there as well. If you are a seller today and you're thinking about it, it, it would make sense to give me a call. Remax First Choice, the Greg Sisson team, real estate experts here in Myrtle Beach, ready to help you with your real estate needs. Power is more than electricity. Power is the ability to make a difference for yourself and your neighbors. That's what Santee Cooper's new Empower SC program is all about. We're bringing you the programs, incentives, and knowledge that will empower a brighter future for us all. From home, to auto, to solar, to business. With Empower SC, the power is yours. Learn more at EmpowerSC.com. This is Phyllis with today's encouraging word, Psalms 28.7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him, my heart trusts. I am helped, my heart exalts with song, and I give thanks to Him. What is God saying to us? Life is not easy on earth. There will be circumstances and battles you will face. God is your strength. He promises to always be with you and never leave you. He will shield you from the results of the circumstances as long as you are listening to Him and His Word. You need to let go and let God fight your battles. Put your faith in God and His ultimate wisdom to handle it His way. Do not fear, for God is always with you and is working things out together for your good and His glory. Let your heart be joyful in knowing that God is in control and you're not. Start praising Him in the battle, not for the battle, for the battle is the Lord's. Today's encouraging word is sponsored by Crossroads Community Church, Carolina Elevated Cooperative, and your friends at Top 94.5. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. One, two, three. Like a dark-haired girl in a Cadillac A main street of an old forgotten town And sunlight shines and fine white lines On weathered stores with open signs They may as well just close them down Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.49 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January 16, 2021. And I guess now would be a good time to tell you all that this is a special expanded three-hour edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. There will be a third. Got to get your third cup this morning. I'm going to have to uh, go brew another cup. 
We'll be here for you with with lunch. We're here for the duration. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll be here for another hour after the 9 o'clock break. So stick with us. Coming up in the third hour of Saturday Morning Coffee, we'll be uh, talking to Van Hip. Van is the offer of the uh, new terrorism. By the way, little turnpike troubadours for you on your Saturday morning. Love that song. Um, Van is the author of The New Terrorism, and uh, he, he'll be joining us in the third hour to talk about some of the things emerging, uh, some appointments, and, and uh, another uh, someone to give us some outlook for the uh, forthcoming, I hate to say these words, Biden administration. Oh, my gosh. Hey, just, earlier, I got to correct you. You said nobody can win an election from home. Biden can. Yeah. Uh, I stand Biden. Corre- I st- I'm sorry. I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected, ladies and gentlemen. You can win an election from home. Yeah, you can. From your basement. Maybe we should clarify. Maybe yeah. we should clarify, Glenn. When the mainstream media is shilling for you right. 24-7, you maybe can win an election from your basement. But right. other than that, most of us have to get out, roll up our sleeves, and get to work. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you guys for checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Mark, the cab guy, checking in. Go Bucks. Way to go, Mark. Um, Will, checking in from Coastal Sports down in Merle's Inlet. Albert, uh, checking in with some less than kind words to say about Tom Rice. A lot of you feeling that way, and that's perfectly understandable. A lot of people. Uh, Johnny Gardner, checking in. Well, good morning, Johnny. Uh, the Climbers again, uh, checking in. Good stuff. Andy, also, uh, and uh I know that's the same emoji we got earlier, but uh, want to thank you all for listening and chiming in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. We invite you guys to join the show. It is always uh, a pleasure to hear from you. You can call us at 843-903-2945. And if you don't have that number, you can text your comments to us at 843-798-TALK. That is 843-798-8255. Uh, before the break, we were in the midst of a coronavirus update, which we never actually got to because we had many of you hanging on the line and we wanted to deal with some of those calls. And by the way, thank you uh, to Jim and to Wayne for dialing in this morning, talking uh, with us. And congratulations again, Wayne Gray, on the birth of a grandchild. His daughter had a baby, first grandchild. So congratulations, Wayne. Very happy for you. Um, and uh, also wanted to uh, clarify one thing Jim said. Uh, Jim and I had had a conversation earlier in the week about the situation with Tom Rice and sort of the, the difficulty that we're all having unpacking that and figuring out what was, you know, what the congressman was thinking. And he's issued a, a couple of statements on that and said some things about it. I was, cons- I was confused, frankly, because he had been on the Callaway show uh, this uh, week and had said that he opposed impeachment. So I was, like many of you, shocked to see him vote in favor of it. And uh, Jim and I, Jim Fury and I were talking about it earlier in the week, and Jim had called in. And uh, Jim also wanted to clarify that he also uh, was opposed to impeachment. I don't think he made that clear. But, uh, again, we were just trying to figure out what the uh, motivation was on the part of the congressman. And I'd love to hear from the congressman. Oh, we'll uh, have to know. see if we get a new highway anytime soon. You think? I mean, that, that's what some people are saying, that, you know, I-73 was the, the deal maker. You know, I've heard that, but... Frankly, this is the thing that is most perplexing about it to me is is the vote was a foregone conclusion. I mean, it was a mm-hmm. foregone conclusion that a Democratic House was going to Im- vote to impeach the president. And as, as Drew McKissick said, with virtually no due process, not oh, yeah. pr- none. Yeah. And, and so this is what really frustrates me about this. And, and look, you can't deny, folks, that the optics of this are bad. And so those of you who want to say... 
that this is no big deal, I think that's a misguided thought. That's not the way to approach this. This was, um, uh, this was not, you know, this was, this was, this was an issue. A lot, a, a lot went into this and, and it's really difficult to say exactly what happened, um, and why we're still unpacking that. There's a, investigation it's going to continue it's going to be a while it's going to be a while for, before we figure out exactly what happened on january 6th but the, so, the founders wanted impeachment to be used to remove a sure. president from office they are impeaching him after he leaves office it is cheapening the impeachment process in my opinion oh sure absolutely I mean, it's using it for what it's not intended to be and there's actually, you know, there's a legal debate as to whether or not it even can. means anything <laughs> right, once right. he leaves office. Yeah. You know, as Alan Dershowitz has said, and many of you probably have heard this, is that once he leaves office, the impeachment has no legal bearing. So even if they do move uh, on the impeachment articles in the Senate and they do convict, it, it probably doesn't mean anything in the long run. But the optics of this are just really bad. Well, and it's you know, surprising that the Democrats have been saying that they needed new power to take this country into a different direction, to bring everybody together. This divides the country even more, and it's not starting on their agenda. The first hundred days of the Biden administration is going to be used to impeach a president, a previous president. It just doesn't make sense. You can't write it. If this was a movie, you, know, you couldn't write a movie like this. No, you couldn't. And uh, so it's, uh, it's most unfortunate. I am shocked that uh, Congressman Rice voted to support it. I think he'll pay a political price for that. But again, at the, at the moment, I think it's time for all of us as Republicans to not focus on throwing stones. Let's focus on how we can pull together, fix this country, move forward, um, and, and try to figure out how best we can respond to uh, a Biden administration and figure out what uh, is, is coming next, because it's not good. You have folks who are talking about um, as uh, we mentioned earlier, AOC making statements about cleansing. I think, I think they want a political cleansing of the South. And so these are scary times. And when you consider the allegiances and the, and, the, and, the, and the close ties between big tech and the Biden administration and how big tech is already moving to take away our freedoms, uh, folks, this is a concerning time. But I wanted to share a couple things with you. And this is... Uh, this is uh, back to the coronavirus update that we didn't actually get to because we had quite a few people had been holding on the line and I wanted to get to those calls. So I want to, again, thank the callers that we had. But I want to give you a few coronavirus updates. South Carolina reports uh, record coronavirus deaths. as of These are as of Friday. South Carolina officials reported record high number of coronavirus deaths Fridays as hospitals across the state approach capacity and emergency departments are overwhelmed with uh, COVID-19 patients. Of the 11,153 tests reported Friday, 16.5% came back positive, according to DHEC. Uh, hospitalizations, which have hit record highs in the uh, multiple times in the past two weeks, remain steady Friday at 2,424. Uh, coronavirus patients continue to take up more than 25% of all occupied South Carolina hospital beds. And as we've talked about on this program, I think the data has been very difficult to uh, analyze because there have been so much uh, politics that has entered into the uh, equation uh, concerning COVID-19. But clearly we're at a point where 
things are very difficult. And I just want to take a minute, folks, on a personal level to, uh, you know, there I know a lot of people personally now who are struggling with this virus. And there are people in the hospitals right here in our listening area. Um, I'm thinking of Mike Ward. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a lot of friends of mine, people that are near and dear to me who are just barely uh, hanging on. So I want to ask you guys to pray for everybody now who is suffering uh, with this virus. And, uh, and let's pray that we will have some healing and some answers. And we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the status of the vaccine when we're back after these words with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Here's Tony Zach from Benjamin Franklin Plumbing. We're still finding a lot of people are dumping grease down a drain in the sink, which is a big no-no. As the grease continues to go down your drains, it's hardening, solidifying, and you're going to have issues. So we have a lot of clogged drain calls. We're the Drain King specialist when it comes to residential. We're able to come inside. We can remove the toilets, take a look at what's going on. We're also going to offer people a free camera inspection just to see what's going on. Maybe it's a problem that is continuing because something's wrong with how they ran the actual pipe. So we're going to look at that as well as clean that line out for you and be able to make a good decision on what your next path forward is. It's a lot better to have us out than to use the drain cleaning items. Those are usually bad for your pipe systems. So you could find Benjamin Franklin at BenjaminFranklinMB.com. This is WTKN Talk 94.5. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. Conservative opinion and insight. WTKN. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Out of the shadows, bound for the gallows, a dead man walking to love came calling. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee little lauren daigle on your saturday morning here on saturday morning coffee this saturday morning january 16 2021 907 on your saturday morning and uh, joined here on the program now as we talked about earlier by van hip van is the author of the new terrorism and uh, Van is a good uh, South Carolina boy, been uh, in D.C. for many years now, but hails from South Carolina, joins us here on the show from time to time, and uh, has written much and has an op-ed coming out on Fox News about a, an appointment that Joe Biden will be making. Wanted to share that with you all so you can check out Van's op-ed. Van, good morning. How are you this morning? Reese, I got my cup, my cup of coffee, and I'm ready to go. Always good to be with you. Always good to hear from you, Van. You, uh, you having a good Saturday morning? I am. Very I am, good. And, and 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 always enjoy being on the show. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time. Wanted to uh, get a, your perspective on a couple of things. Of course, Van, it's been a very difficult period last you know, last month, last six weeks in particular, but it's been a very difficult couple of months. And uh, last week in particular, I think it's been one of the darkest times that we've been through, but there are a few little bright 
specs out there in the clouds. And one of the ones that you had mentioned to me in a call was uh, the, you had some interesting insight into the gentleman, the general that's been picked by Biden to lead the Department of Defense. And you wanted to talk about that. You've got an op-ed that's come out on, on that subject. And uh, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it, it, it's not up yet, but it will be coming up very soon. Yeah, I've got to tell you, last month when President-elect Biden announced his, his choice of uh, Lloyd Austin to be Secretary of Defense, I was, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I, was, I was actually stunned in, in a very good way. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd Austin is someone I have followed for many years. I first met him back in 2007, someone who was a, <clears throat> a dear friend of mine and a great general, Sandy Davidson, told me back in 2006, I never forgot it, he said, look out for Lloyd Austin. He gets it, <clears throat> and he's the real deal. Yeah. And then I later met General Austin about a year after that. This is the guy, <clears throat> and at least there, there are two kinds of generals, unfortunately. There are the political generals, and there are what I call the soldier generals. Uh, uh, and, and, and Lloyd Austin is a soldier general, and, and, we, and we need more like that. But it's a, um, he, he, uh, uh, in, in my book, The New Terrorism, I talk about in 2010, he is the one who advised the civilian leadership to leave a small residual force in Iraq to prevent a terrorist resurgence. And as I wrote, if we had listened to him, I firmly believe that ISIS, whose predecessor organization had largely been destroyed, would never have taken hold in Iraq. It would have been delegitimized from the start. But the civilian leadership, including President Obama, didn't listen to him. But you didn't see Lloyd Austin run into the media or anything. He understands civilian control of the military. He said, yes, sir. He saluted. He carried out his mission, even though the civilian leadership was wrong. And when you say generals, general, I, I, I appreciate that. And, and of course, uh, we need somebody uh, who, who has that mindset at the helm of the, of the DOD. Uh, l- let me ask you this. What do you, what do you see? Um, and you wrote about him in your, in your book, I believe, The New Terrorism, uh, General Austin. Um, and, uh, but what do you see as the direction if if the if the biden administration are you concerned that the democrats are going to uh continue to fund our military what what are your what are, what are your thoughts on how that will be in terms of prioritizing federal expenditures well first of all the administration only puts forward a proposed budget they don't yeah. fund it congress does and sure yeah. i will say this one of the things over the last 25 30 years that i have noticed the one area that is more apolitical than anywhere else uh, is uh, in our national security budget, in our defense budget, to make sure we have the technology we need uh, and our troops are taken care of. And there, are policy, <clears throat> there are policy differences, but the basics uh, that we need to, to keep the country safe, um, I've seen, uh, uh, and, and, and it's, it's, it's particularly true now, uh, with, the, uh, with the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, Adam Smith, who's a Democrat, and the ranking member, Mike Rogers, who's a Republican from Alabama, and I've seen them work uh, together on a number of national security issues to keep the country safe. Uh, and, and, and so that's a good thing. Uh, and, and, and Lloyd Austin, like I said, he's not a political general. He's a soldier's general. And that's what you want, someone like that. But, you know, there's this issue of, and you've got some uh, mem- members of Congress, both sides, are opposing a waiver for him. The, the, under the 1947 National Security Act, um, uh, if you've been out, you have to be out of the military service mm-hmm. uh, for seven years. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, General Austin is going to have to get a waiver in addition to being confirmed by the Senate. I think it's going to be close. I think he's going to get it. I hope he gets it. Uh, 
and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to call uh, folks that I know in Congress uh, in urging that they grant the waiver. The purpose of the waiver, like I said, was to, uh, was, uh, was to maintain civilian control of the military. Well, I believe in civilian control of the military. That's one of the, the basic tenets going back to the founding fathers. Sure. But General Austin believes in it, too. Yeah. Like I said, uh, when the civilian leadership didn't listen to him, and had we listened to him, I believe we would not have had to fight ISIS again. Uh, when they didn't listen to him, he, he didn't go to the media. I mean, he saluted. He understood civilian control, even though the civilians in charge were wrong. Uh, but the other thing is, Reese, I think one of the reasons why this um, wall is there is to ensure that you don't have a Secretary of Defense who's just going back to his old colleagues in the military for, for advice, but has that broader view, that mix of, of, of experience where they have an appreciation of the role that uh, yeah. uh, the private sector and academia play in our nation's defense. Well, he's been in the private sector. He has his own business. He's been on the board of Auburn University, which is, is a great cybersecurity program and does a lot with DOD. So I think he's got that right mix. And I would say this. I have a lot of, you know, not just General Davidson, who's passed away, but I have other friends who work for him. Mm. And what's amazing is every single one of them to a person is pulling for him because I think they know the kind of leadership that he would bring to the Pentagon, and it's the kind of leadership we need. For example, suicide rate. The suicide rate is if we have an epidemic with the military right now uh, with, with increasing suicides. When he was vice chief of staff of the Army, it was Lloyd Austin who was one of the first uh, uh, leaders of our military to 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 get personally engaged on the uh, on on this issue and seek solutions and 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 went at it uh, went at it big time. Yeah. I think he'll bring that same kind of leadership style uh, on 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 that issue as well. So yeah. he checks a lot of boxes. And I would say this, Reese, <clears throat> I think this is important. A lot of these characters who say who argue for civilian control and don't give them the waiver, they never talk about how good it would be to have a Secretary of Defense who's actually been in the military. Yeah. And I would argue that some of our, and it's not not requirement, but I would argue that our best Secretaries of Defense are those who've had some military experience, who have worn the uniform, yeah. who understand the military culture. And truthfully, a guy like Lloyd Austin, who's actually led our troops into combat, yeah. he is least like A guy like that will commit U.S. troops only when there is a real American national security interests at stake with the mission's clearly defined. So I really believe he can be a great Secretary of Defense. Well, that's great. And, Van, I appreciate you joining us and sharing uh, your insights into this. And, you know, one of the things I've been concerned about in the past is some of the things that this Secretary of Defense has, has done and some of the generals have done to this president. So this is a key thing, and it's important, civilian control of the military. Folks, it's Van Hip. Van, I, I, I learned something new about Yasser Arafat last night reading through your book. It's, uh, it's worth picking up, The New Terrorism. Thanks for joining us, folks. And folks can buy this book on Amazon, correct, Van? Yeah. So it's a great book. It's called The New Terrorism, and this is Van Hip, and we encourage folks to check out Van's op-ed piece at, that will be coming up uh, th today or tomorrow, Van? Correct. On, on foxnews.com, so check that out. And, Van, thanks for joining us. Come back on the show anytime. We always love to hear from you. Reese, great being with you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Van. Good to hear from you, folks. It's Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. After these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more coffee. Stick with us. news 
and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. I had a dream that someday I would just fly, fly away And I always knew I couldn't stay So I had a dream that I'd just fly away I've been on my own for a minute Is it only me out there? Searching for the place to begin at Is it me? Is it you? Is it fear? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. We're in the bonus third cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. It's 9.20 a.m. on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us on the program. And we've got a couple of people who have been holding on the line forever. I promised them we'd get to them after the break. So I want to pick up uh, Tom calling from Merle's Inlet. Tom, good morning. How are you this morning? Good. How are you doing uh, with this marathon or racing into the third hour? Oh, we're wow. doing. We're we're hanging. We're hanging with it. We're hanging with it, Tom. Uh, what's on your mind this morning? A couple of things. Yeah. I love that that high note on the last the guy you just interviewed. Um, Cincinnatus was the, one of the greatest Roman generals, but every time after he fought, he went back to his farm. Uh, an incredible man. But anyway, my concern is. Um, he, uh, election reform, one of the great obstacles that, that's there and it's words is um, voter suppression. Any attempt at, at election reform is going to be met by this incredible boulder called uh, elect, uh, voter suppression. You've got to get over that. You've got to change that somehow. People identifying themselves to, to vote, if that, if you could call that voter suppression, then, then I'm on a different planet. Everybody yeah. is identified in our culture and society by everything, by the most mundane transactions. You can't identify yourself when you vote, and that's, that's stupid. Additionally, the Dems are, or the radicals are in, absolutely in love with mail-in ballots. And by executive sure. order or some other horrible means, uh, I, I, I can see going forward that that's, that's going to be the preferred method of voting. Absolutely. Uncontrolled ballot. We we mailed out Tom. It's a great point. And and by the way, I think it was Conrad Black who wrote an opinion piece uh, this week in National Review. I was going to try to get to it in the parting wisdom segment of the show, but enforcing the law is not voter suppression, right? I mean, am I am I Absolutely. missing something? So, no. I mean, the law establishes the rules for voting. If that's not proper, then why have rules? I mean, why not just, we'll call it a free-for-all. And you can go to the polls as many times as you like. If you want to mail in 12 ballots, mail in 12 or 24. I mean, once you don't have standards, once you don't have rules, once the rule of law has, you know, slipped the surly bonds, there's no point. I mean, why does it matter? Let people vote as many times as they want. They don't have to, why go to the polls and vote early, vote often? Unfortunately, that's the mindset. You know, it was, it was the Democrats who sued in South Carolina and elsewhere, as we mentioned earlier this morning, to uh, vacate the standard practice in South Carolina of requiring mail-in ballots to have a witnessed signature. So the voter had to sign and a witness to the balloting had to sign. 
And the Democrats sued and said that's voter suppression. What am I missing? If you want to change a rule, you have to change the law first, right? Yeah. And, and, and if you're going to have laws that say you have to be a citizen, you got to be, you know, you have to be an adult. Can't be incarcerated. You have to be a resident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to have these rules, then you have to enforce them. And so enforcing the law, if you think everybody should be able to vote as many times as they like. This is an America's in got whatever, talent. In, in whatever election, <laughs> then, you know, you know, text, you know, text Trump to 2020, 2021, you know. I mean, if you think that's the way it ought to be, then change the law. Right. Change the law. But don't say that my efforts to enforce the law are, are, are somehow discriminatory or prejudicial or racially motivated or are, I mean, we're just trying to enforce the law. We have a society of rule breakers. You know, people Absolutely. that don't want to follow rules. Yeah. So that's precisely the point. You you are a lover of the law, okay? As as am I, and are many of us. The law is being just disintegrated. R- the rules can change. The, the the concept now is rules. Uh, law is like donuts. You know, there's holes in the middle, and yeah. don't worry about it. We'll get through it. An executive order is terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Absolutely. So I, I don't know where. I I don't know how to go forward from this point. Um, they own the dialogue. They own the the words. Voter suppression is a crock of you know what. Yeah. And uh, oh boy. Well, and it's not just. And Tom, thanks for the call. We really appreciate your listening and uh, all always chiming in with some very insightful comments. And you know, it's not just voter suppression. It's uh, you know, it's it's racism. It's white supremacy. As you guys have heard on the hill, they're saying that that January six was all about white supremacy. And that all of this is is a reflection of the need to stamp out or, or indicative of the need to stamp out uh, institutional racism in this country. And, and folks, as I said, January 6th is complicated and it's, it's going to be a long process of unpacking it. But it wasn't about January 6th was not about institutional racism. The riot on Capitol Hill was not a racist uh, undertaking. It was not an example of white supremacy. I know there was one guy walking around the Capitol with a rebel flag, but to say that that means uh, nothing is true. Um, so it just is, it's just really, we're, we're in an insane, but very dangerous time. We've got another caller who's been patiently hanging and thanks Tommy for your, for your input. We real, always appreciate hearing from you. Also got another uh, caller who's been patiently waiting. This is uh, Larry B. down in Merle's Inlet also. Larry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Reese. Good morning, Glenn. Yeah, I'm doing phenomenal. I uh, Outstanding program. Love to see you in three hours. That's a good thing. I like it. <laughs> well, we, we've, got, we've got three today. We'll see what happens. So I know. Well, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. We'll do what we got to do. Yeah. You know, unless you're flexible, you stay bent out of shape. Exactly. Always I like that. I like that. Simper, simper Gumby. Yeah. Simper Gumby, Larry. Yeah, always, exactly. always flexible. You know. Yeah. Well, you got to be. Uh, it's just part of what how it works. I, I, you know, I was, I was saying to Glenn, and and I'll say it to you. I've never seen when you look at what they did in this impeachment. Uh, scenario uh, cooked up by Nancy Pelosi. And of course, you know, I grew up in California, so I get California politics. I know it well. Um, The problem is uh, my mother worked in Governor Reagan's uh, capital in Sacramento. So there you go. So I know it inside out. But the the rush to judgment is absolutely uncalled for by any member of Congress. 
Yeah. Sure, Tom Rice for sure, and the rest of the Republicans, Liz Cheney, and all the rest of the, the whole Congress did a rush to judgment. Yeah. And that, that never leads to good outcomes. I don't care what it is. And no, that's what they did, Reese. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Larry, we, we've, you know, we talked about it. And by the way, we're getting a lot of texts on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. A lot of folks expressing their dissatisfaction with the impeachment vote and the fact that Tom Rice uh, decided to join the, uh, to join the Democrats in voting for impeachment. And, but you're absolutely right. It's almost as if, and it's one of those things, Larry, that makes you, it really makes you feel like you are being played. I mean, I feel yep. as though on some level this was a setup and that somehow we've been manipulated and frankly that this is that we are just living out the narrative and it's not our narrative and it's something you know that it's a reality that somebody else has defined now there's no admitting there's no denying that the politics of this are awful the optics are awful and there is no there is no way that Trump was not going to pay a, a heavy price uh, for what happened regardless of how it happened that, that, that politically he would pay a price, and he has, but that's one thing. But to impeach him when he's leaving office in less than a week is, a, is an, an, another thing entirely. It's completely, completely ridiculous, and like you said, it's, it's just totally, totally beyond the pale, totally beyond the pale. Yeah, so. it, it definitely is. Uh, so. You know, the, the, the sad thing is uh, no one really much had the guts to say, wait a minute, you know, every day after the, the January 6th, things start coming out of who was really involved in this, who was leading these charges. They're mostly radicals. Yeah. And so, you know, they just mixed in and decided to take advantage of it. I, I know how that works. And it's, and it's, you know, it's, that's, it's too that's early. That's what they do. It's called infiltration. Yeah, it's too early to tell. And there's no doubt in my mind that there was some false flag operations going on. We know there was some Antifa in the crowd. And we know there were, you know, there were some alt-right groups. There were some really far-right groups in the crowd. And then, and so yep. it was, it, it's impossible to sort that out in a few hours. And so for the Congress of the United States, the House of Representatives to say, this was all on you, President Trump, is, is really absurd and, and really, just, oh, yes. really just shows what they're all about. So, Larry, we've got to head into a break. Thanks so much for calling. Good. Always yeah, thank a, you all. appreciate your appreciate comments. Appreciate all you do, and I'm so glad that uh, Tom Heron is back. That's huge. Yes, he'll be on I'm next. Very- we're answered. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, Amen. Tom, your dog wants to go outside. <laughs> no, no, no. They're barking, they're barking at the people that don't have any guts. Uh, there you there go. There you go. Thanks, Larry. Good See to hear from you. Good to hear from you. They're outside. I'm outside, too. Folks, uh, I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. And coming up next, we've got another special guest in the studio with us. Stick with us. We'll be right, right back with uh, more Saturday morning coffee after an obscene profit timeout. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, this is Scott Richards for Advanced Power Wash of Myrtle Beach. We have been in our house for 20 years and we recently cut back some hedges and I realized, boy, this house is a mess. So I got in touch with my friend, Sean Gibson. Sean is the owner and proprietor of Advanced Power Wash of Myrtle Beach. This guy is amazing. Sean's going to come out and clean our house. Low pressure, high cleaning. It's going to take less than a day and it will look better than new. I am absolutely convinced. Get started. Advanced Power Wash MB 
Eden.com. Are you moving from one home to another? Perhaps moving your business from one location to another. Are you stressed over your move? Two men in a truck are your local movers who care. Two men in a truck take special care of your individual needs, matching your needs with an experienced professional, offering knowledge and advice every single step of the way. At Two Men in a Truck, remember every move is unique and never too small, residential or commercial. Two Men in a Truck do it all. They offer free on-site estimates as well as packing services. Google Two Men in a Truck Myrtle Beach today. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. When darkness seems to end Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I, I, I hear you say Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 9.34 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January 16, 2021. And you guys have been lighting up the PCRXcomputers.com text line as we have discussed many comments coming in about uh, Representative Rice and the vote to impeach. And again, very perplexed about all this, but... uh, most everybody on the PCRXcomputers.com text line, uh, no surprised, very disappointed in the vote. And, uh, you know, when uh, Drew McKissick and I were on the phone uh, earlier, when he was here with us on the program this morning, we didn't really get a chance to get into it. We were talking more of uh, big picture items. We did touch on it, but uh, wanted to uh, remind hey, Donald, you guys that there was a press release that uh, the South Carolina Republican Party Uh, issued on the subject of the Rice vote and, of course, expressed um, deep disappointment with uh, the vote and the impeachment effort. Um, According to the uh, release that uh, Drew and the South Carolina Republican Party issued this week, it was on January 13, said the U.S. House voted to impeach President Trump this evening. But uh, Chairman Drew McKissick responded after refusing to accept the 2016 election results, claiming the Trump campaign was colluding with Russia. Then spending an absurd amount of taxpayer dollars on a witch hunt, Democrats have been looking for any excuse to get rid of President Trump ever since he set foot in the Oval Office. Trying to impeach the president with just a week left in his term is nothing more than a political stunt. It will do nothing but harm the country and our party. We completely disagree with the sham. And then I would say I'm severely disappointed with Congressman Rice uh, for his vote. So that's uh, the, the statement that the party put out but you know it's going to be very interesting to see how all this sorts out when when uh, we come back in session but right now i wanted we've got a couple of people holding on the line uh stick with us guys we're going to try to get to y'all we've had a ton of calls in addition to the text this morning george the tree guy checking in jesse the horseman checking in john the fixer checking in and somebody who hasn't identified themselves also very disappointed with tom rice i said very disappointed with congressman rice for voting to impeach and joining the ranks of the rhinos and liberals. I will have a hard time voting for him. That's Jonathan. So, Jonathan, that's uh, Jonathan texting in this morning, a new list uh, or a new member of our list of deplorables here at 
TKN. So, but also wanted to give a little shout out to somebody joining us here in the studio this morning, a very special guest. We are joined here in the studio this morning by our own Brooke Rivers. Now, for those of you who have been loyal Saturday morning coffee listeners for I don't know what, close to two years now. 18 months. Yeah, 18 months. Yep. Brooke was with us in the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you were here at the uh, at the inaugural show, and you are now back with us at WTKN. So welcome. Yes, I am back in the Myrtle Beach area. It's been a fun time. Yeah, very good. So you were here at the beginning, and we welcome you back, and uh, you are going to be on staff, back with TKN. Yep, but it's looking like I'm going to be a little bit of a fill-in for when Glenn wants to go party it up. Yeah, very good. Well, <laughs> yeah, 59. Well, as we know, everybody everybody needs a break every now and then, as much as, <laughs> as, much as Glenn loves the show and the station. I've been here every Saturday for 18 months. You, sir. Except for the coronavirus. So. Yeah, you, sir, have been a trooper. And my hat is off to you. I don't, I don't call you producer extraordinaire for nothing. Well, I've made it with a company for 35 years, so obviously I know how to be a good employee. Yeah, well, you are the best. And... Um, Hope, tell us a little bit about what's on your mind. We were having some interesting discussions about DVDs. And what do you think? Of, you're younger than me. It pains me to say this, but you are <laughs> like slightly younger than me. Um, oh, yeah. What, what do you think about all this tech censorship? We're in, we're in a, I can tell you that I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. And I know you have never seen anything like this. What do you, what do you think what does your generation think about all this that's going on? Yeah, so this is a crazy time, and I am in my early 20s, so this is interesting for me to be seeing, but I kind of had an idea that early on that social media would become an issue because it seems that the more the more we keep on with social media, the more relevant it somehow becomes in everyone's life, regardless of if you're super active or just on it occasionally, and well, this morning I woke up and I checked Twitter, which you just shouldn't do in the morning. And True that. Yeah. That, are you, are you going to bail on Twitter? I'm thinking about it. I am considering it. Right now I'm, I'm going through Twitter and I'm deleting anything that doesn't seem appropriate, I guess, for its time. Because, you know, now they'll go back five years and find a tweet where you said, the sky looks horrible today. And say, you hate the environment. Yeah, like, okay. It's, it's frightening. It's yeah, frightening. it is frightening. Anything can be taken out of context. Yeah. So, But this morning um, I saw, I guess, what was trending was that they're trying to remove Trump from any films that he's been in, including Home Alone, where he was in it for five seconds of that saying which way to go or something like that. And yeah. that's my thought is, unfortunately, we're getting in that point where what I unfortunately thought would come true is coming true, where yeah. I have so many DVDs back in my home that I've collected over Black Fridays. And people always said, why do you do this? You have streaming services, you got Netflix, you don't need that. Well, now you kind of do because if your favorite movie you might need those dvds yeah you might you might need that if home alone is your favorite right now you better go buy that because it might be not too long from now where it might either be illegal they could re reimagine the movie and take trump out put somebody else in so it's not really original to its form yeah so that's why if if my favorite movie was out there and somebody next says this movie should be illegal because it has this person in it and they're terrible, like yeah. you want to be able to have that and hold on to it. You know there are certain movies, and I'm not I'm not saying you know it, it's a private company, so they should be held to a slightly different standard, I think. But like Disney, there are certain films that they've issued in the past that they have simply buried. I think there was a, there was a Song of the South film that oh, they, yeah. they no longer make available to anybody. Zippity-doo-dah. And so, yeah, it's a very... And by the way, I did not check Twitter this morning. I really am backing completely off of Twitter. I didn't either. 
And but I did check Parlor. Parlor, according to my app, I haven't I yeah. haven't figured out exactly if it's anywhere, but it's not a it's not accessible through my app. So it's a very scary time. It reminds me of that. Did you ever read 1984? I haven't read it personally, but we did study it some. Yeah. Yeah. You should read it uh, by George Orwell, a classic book that most of us read in high school. It's, uh, you read it as science fiction, and you think, well, nothing like that could ever happen here. But, folks, it's happening today. Things are being erased. You hear AOC. She wants to come through the uh, South and do a cultural cleansing. She wants to cleanse us of our radical political beliefs. I mean, this is scary stuff. This oh, is yeah. this is like the uh, book ma- burning. This is like <laughs> yeah. This is like book- they are literally yeah. the digital equivalent of burning books is happening mm-hmm. right now. And, what and was that? Fahrenheit, exactly what Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 54 or yeah. something like that. Ray uh, Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Yep. Fahrenheit 451. Four, yeah. five. Okay, there you go. Book, yeah. book burning. Yep. Paper uh, paper will combust at four Fahrenheit 451. Yeah, absolutely. They're burning books. They're taking stuff off of the net. And it's like it's not enough. It's not enough to disagree with somebody, to argue with them politically. Now you have to erase any evidence that they existed. And I, and I believe, folks, I've said this, the left will not stop until they extinguish any residue of the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. I, I believe there will be an effort to tear down the wall. They're going to figure out a way to destroy the wall. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like it's like the Taliban mm-hmm. in Afghanistan, destroying those religious statues. They want it's not enough to win. It's not enough to be in control. It's not enough to control the political narrative for them for the moment. They have to destroy the enemy. Yeah. I mean, they can't because you can't win a political debate. The left is never interested in objective a, a, a debate on the merits because they won't win. No, I, I agree completely. I think that. There, there have been stories that I've read as well, as well, where I thought oh, that could never happen. This is fiction, not real. But you know, now I'm tutoring a kid where I'm having to explain. Well, that book isn't real, and I don't think it could be real. But honestly, I'm not too sure because We're at not this too point, sure. at this point, there are books coming to life that I never thought would. Well, interestingly enough, this week on Amazon.com, uh, one of the I think for a couple of days at least, and it may still be. I haven't checked it today, but 1984 was the top seller. Doesn't surprise me. On the, on the fiction wow. book. Wow. Yeah. And because of your show this morning, Fahrenheit 541 will be in yeah. too. Well, well, I wonder if the Ray Bradbury estate will send us some that uh, is actually some royalties. A, it's actually a good movie because they come in with torches. I mean, blow, uh, what is it? Flamethrowers. Flamethrowers. Yeah, flamethrowers. No, yeah. They, they pile the books up in the yep. middle of the square yep. and, uh, and, yeah, napalm. I love the smell of books burning in the morning. That's uh, that's Joe Biden's education secretary burning your textbook. So listen, folks. Hope I want to welcome you back to the station. It is great to be back with you. And uh, so, folks, um, did I say Brooke Rivers is back with us? Yeah, that's yeah, what I said. Yeah, yeah. Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Rivers brings fact, us a lot of hope. Brooke brings us a lot of hope. So, folks, it's Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Still a few things to get to in this the third hour of Saturday morning coffee. After these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back. Don't leave town. Talk Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. As pet owners, we know our pets are part of the family, right? They have our heart. Hi, I'm Earl McDaniel from the Animal Hospital of North Myrtle Beach. Taking care of your pets means we take care of your family. 
from wellness exams to emergencies, from puppies and kittens to dogs and cats. The Animal Hospital of North Myrtle Beach is a place filled with care, love, and understanding. That's our promise to you. I'm Earl McDaniel, the Animal Hospital of North Myrtle Beach. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Pamela's in the wilderness, can't Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. A little need to breathe here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Brother, let me be your shelter. You know, and that's what we need. Be somebody's shelter today. Maybe might have a little more to say about that. Before we go, brother, let me be your shelter. We've got a couple of callers holding on the line, been patiently waiting. Got to do this quick, folks. We're uh, we're running, believe it or not, we're running out of time on a three-hour program. Glenn, how did that happen? <laughs> we may, may need to go to four. Uh, you know, I'm just, I, I had, we've had a bunch of callers. That's great. We love to hear from you guys. Doris uh, chiming in this morning. Doris, you've been waiting patiently. I apologize for keeping you waiting. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm a retiree. I got all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me happy. That makes me happy. Good for you. What's on your mind this morning? I don't know. I've been in and out of your broadcast all morning, so I don't know. Did anybody touch on the Chicago 7 from no. 1968? We have not talked oh about the Chicago gosh. 7. Yeah, we'd love to hear, what's your comment? We, and keep it brief. We're running short yep. on time, but yeah, what's your comment, Doris? Well, I was 16 years old, and uh-huh. of course, I was an original hippie. <laughs> and, of course, we didn't know a whole lot about Vietnam War. I mean, yeah. we were kids. We just wanted to fight about something. Well, in 1968, at the DNC Chicago Convention, there were over probably 10,000 protesters. Yeah. But it was peaceful. It was a peaceful protest when it started. But the likes of Abby Hoffman, Tom Hayden, Bobby Seals of the Black Panthers infiltrated these kids. And it turned out to be mass hysteria. I mean, it was all over the news and, you know, parents were telling us kids to stay in the house. And I remember being glued to the TV set watching it. And my comment about it is this whole thing that President Trump incited the Capitol riot. He didn't. It was outsiders. It was people coming in. BLM and, and Antifa just like back in 1968, you know, but nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, and I appreciate the call, Doris. Uh, that's a great point. And, you know, one of the things we were just talking about, uh, with the previous caller is I feel like we have, you know, we're living out a narrative that, um, that we're, we're just, uh, you know, it's like, it's been scripted for us and we are, um, you know, we're, we're stuck in this narrative that we didn't write, we didn't control and it's being driven by the media. And, and so as a result, um, you know, 
it does make you wonder. It makes you wonder. And so, you know, there's a couple of things that I think we should take away from all this. And I've heard a lot this week, and I'll, and I'll, I'll share this. And I thought we had Don on the line. Glenn, did we lose Don? We did. I think Don uh, must have gotten busy. All right. Well, Don must have gotten busy. We were Don was holding Don. We apologize for not getting to you. We, we've had quite a few calls uh, this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee. So apologize for that, Don. It, well, it's ringing again. So, But anyway, yeah, it's a... It's a kind of a very disturbing feeling that we all have about what happened and we don't know exactly what happened. And I would say this, you know, I'm getting all kind of text and like everybody else, all kind of information coming across my social media feed. And as we've said this morning, I would encourage everybody to kind of take a step back. It's going to take a while to figure out exactly what happened on um, January 6th. The investigations are, um, Really, I mean, it's widespread. I will, I will, I will share this with y'all. As a lawyer, I've heard from a couple of people who are being investigated just because they were there, um, and it's really frightening. But the investigation does need to happen. We need to know what happened. We need to know who was there um, representing Antifa. We need to know if Antifa was involved. We need to know all the other groups that were involved, and there were various groups apparently. And and we do need to figure out exactly how the, the various people were involved, came uh, to be involved in violence. We just need to know what happened. And, uh, but, you know, as, you know, in my law practice, I've heard from people who are being investigated. And for the most part, I think, um, you know, in my opinion, if you're exercising a constitutionally protected right, it goes without saying, but you should never be criminally prosecuted. You can't be. If, if, that's, if that's the case, then the Constitution means nothing. And if you can prosecute people for going to Washington, D.C. to exercise a constitutional right, well, we're in a, we're in a very deep water, folks. We're in a lot of trouble. And uh, so that's a real problem. And, that's, and it, it's not just legal prosecution. Uh, the FBI, Homeland Security, various agencies are investigating. Folks are being called. And... They, the government has a right to do that. They have a right to investigate. As a matter of fact, they should investigate. They should investigate. We need to know what happened. And there were various groups that were involved, uh, groups like QAnon, Antifa was there. And one of the things I've heard in all the messages that I've been exchanging, going back to social media for a second, is that all of these people were Antifa. Well, no, they weren't. Well, I mean, let's be real, folks. Welcome to Realville. All of the people who stormed the Capitol were not Antifa. That should be obvious to you. But we need to figure out exactly what happened. And when we minimize it, when, when we conservatives, Republicans, conservatives, Trump supporters, however you want to call it, when we minimize what happened, I think we made a mistake or make a mistake. And we shouldn't minimize what happened. We should treat it as completely unacceptable. What happened on January 6th is completely unacceptable by any standard. And, and we have to confront that. And, and we have to confront it strongly. And we've got to figure out what happened. And those that were involved and who instigated it, should be punished. They should be punished to the fullest extent possible. But I don't believe Trump instigated a riot. And, and I think the story is much more complex than that. What are your thoughts, Hope? You got any opinions on that? About Trump? Yeah, Trump. Or what just uh, how do we stand up for the rule of law? What do you well, think? I mean, I don't think there's any proof that he tried to get people 
to do what happened on January 6th. Like, sure, he tweets things that sometimes are a little out there, but he never told anybody to go out there and, and destroy, you know, history and, yeah. and make a mockery of it because he wants to try to run again, you know, in the next term since Biden's going to be taken over. So why would he purposely try to get impeached to where he couldn't do that? Of course not. And so it, w- it wouldn't make sense. And as we have said, you know, He's paid a political price. It's it's unfortunate that this has happened because we're now in a much more uh, difficult position than we would have been two weeks ago if things had gone differently. There's another thing I want to share with you guys. I would encourage everybody, and, and I appreciate your comments, Hope, but one of the things, a little piece of good news I want to share with you all. There are bright spots out there. One piece of good news I wanted to share we haven't had a chance to get to this week, and uh, uh, there are all of... Uh, the other wheels of government continue to turn. There was a bright spot in the South Carolina legislature. Uh, fetal heartbeat bill was S1 this year. Senate bill number one cleared the first hurdle Thursday when it passed the Senate Medical Affairs Subcommittee by a vote of three to two along party lines. This is from the South Carolina Citizens for Life. The bill, which prohibits most abortions when a baby's heartbeat can be detected, now moves to the full 17-member Medical Affairs Committee where several amendments will likely be considered. The one amendment that passed the subcommittee ensures that pregnant women will be given information about adoption and foster care. Voting for the fetal heartbeat bill were subcommittee chairman Senator Tom Davis, Senator Tom Corbin from Greenville, Senator Richard Cash from Anderson, the two Democrats, Senators Marlon Kempson of Charleston and Margie Bright Matthews of Colleton, both opposed the bill. So the bill's already moving. It's out of uh, it's out of subcommittee, and uh, hopefully we will see further progress on that as uh, as we move forward in the legislative session. And I hope you guys will follow that and continue to support that bill and hold our own uh, local legislative delegation, hold their feet to the fire, encourage them to follow that bill and support it. And obviously, um, we'll be supporting that. I don't know if you guys are following the NFL. The NFL has learned the the tragedy of mixing politics, but we've, of course, got uh, the Rams and the Packers today at 430, the Rams and the Bills at 815, tomorrow the Browns and the Chiefs. Uh, on 305 and the Bucks and the Saints at 640. And I just want to say go Bucks. We I like that new angle, man. A little sports update from you. What's going on update. this weekend? Yeah, yeah. If you, I'm kind of, I'm still very frustrated with the NFL. The oh, NFL yeah. has uh, learned the, I think, the disastrous consequences of uh, mixing politics with uh, I would sport. I that they've learned. But, but uh, we'll see what happens. That's Tom That's Tom chiming in. He, stick around, folks. We've got uh, Tom Heron's program coming up next. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. It's Proverbs verses 3, or excuse me, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust not on your own understanding, um, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Folks, it's been great being with you this morning for Saturday morning coffee. Be, uh, be blessed today. Pray for Mike and others suffering from COVID. Please do that, and join us again next week for more Saturday morning coffee. Be blessed. up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.